0: Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast IDP Edition. I'm your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF, and not only is it the IDP edition, but it's the John Cast edition of the pod this week. Which, luckily for all listening, that doesn't mean it's it's me going solo again, like I did the second half of last week's show. But it means that I am joined by a fellow John, fellow IDP enthusiast from DynastyNerds.com. The great John Glosser is here. Glosser, what's up, my friend?
1: To Johns, one podcast or one mic, however okay. we, however we uh, phrased it last time or coined it last time. i um, looking forward to being back and I uh, appreciate you having me on. Um, a lot of insightful stuff all year out of you from this podcast, so uh, super excited uh, for you and to be on. Oh, i appreciate it man
0: yeah it's been it's been nice getting uh all, all different guests on from the world of idp and i've been very excited to get you on because yeah we usually talk rookie safeties uh in, in the off season so we get to kind of spread our wings a little bit here and talk all teams all positions uh and go game by game so I'm, I'm pretty excited man it'll be it'll be a lot of fun and yeah i really appreciate you coming on and uh getting the chance to drop your your knowledge and your insight here uh heading into week 13 but um yeah for everybody that uh that 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 doesn't know we we typically go game by game for these previews um i include the timestamps in the episode description as well for each game so if you're looking for a specific game only you could jump around and find those games um and basically what we're, we're gonna do we're gonna cover the main storylines for each team um focus on maybe favorite or least favorite matchups for every team as well we're not gonna necessarily talk about every single player either we're not gonna have to tell you you know to start foyer Lucon or anything like that um you basically should know that at this point in the season um but yeah we'll we'll have the the uh matchup based visuals for the youtube crowd as well we'll put those up there um if you are watching on youtube uh don't forget to like and subscribe we really do appreciate that it helps us a ton um and then yeah i'm i'm happy to answer start sick questions interact with folks in the youtube comments as well i always check in there throughout the week if there is questions feel free to drop them in the comments below and then i will include the link to my idp rankings on pff.com and the link to the pff idp fantasy report in the episode description as well Um, yeah, so I'm excited to get into it. We got six teams on by this week, Buffalo, Baltimore, Chicago, Minnesota, Las Vegas, and the Giants. Um, so yeah, we're going to go into it here, but first things first, I do want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor fabric by Gerber life. As a parent, you've had to learn so many new skills to provide for your family, how to do copious amounts of laundry, meal plan for even the pickiest eater, and now how to protect your family's financial future. Fabric by Gerber Life provides an easy one-stop shop for your family's financial needs, offering high-quality term life insurance policies, plus other financial solutions in one easy online hub. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes, and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to cover it in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy, M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by uh, Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states, Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, John, let's start it off here with Thursday night football. It is the Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys. Where would you like to start off uh, in this game?
1: Um, I guess we'll start off with the kind of linebacker situation going on in Dallas right now Mm -hmm. um, with uh, Marquise Bell and Damone Clark. Um, Got Bell averaging over 47 and a half snaps for the, the last month kind of, you know, Coinciding with the LVE injury, um, I think he only had one game over 31 snaps before Week Six. Um, had one game over 10 10 plus points. From Week Six on, he's had uh, double-digit points in four out of six. Um, most of that is all to do to the high-volume tackles. You know, things that I've noticed. There hasn't been too many impact plays for him. Uh, Clark probably the more trustable there, averaging just under 50 snaps per game, and also has had, uh, you know, double-digit points in eight of the last nine. So um, not an ideal matchup, you know, Seattle not allowing, you know, great tackles per game to the linebacker position. Um, As good as Dallas' defense has been this year, it's kind of been crappy for you know idp managers <laughs> just because yeah. you know between blowouts and you know usage you know dan quinn is a is a matchup based head coach uh you know defensive coordinator if there is one in the league so um that has been kind of a, a frustrating piece um outside of deron bland who's you know the second coming of Deion sanders um <laughs> you know i think uh you know, there's been very, very little consistency there. I mean, obviously you're we're not gonna talk about your Michael Parsons. That's not a guy you're ever gonna take out of your lineup. But um if you're looking for linebacker, there is some heavy hitters on by this week. You know, you're losing, you know, two top fifteen ish linebackers and a Baltimore and Patrick Queen and Roquan. Uh Terrell Bernard's been an absolute savage this year. Uh missing a few of those guys. Um, I think the Bears on by this week too. Yeah. 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 You're losing two there. <laughs> so um, if you're looking for there, I mean, I think I'm trusting Clark a little bit more in this matchup just because of consistency, but um, you know, probably a fade situation if, you know, if you can afford it.
0: I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I, I I'm a little bit higher on Damone Clark as well, but like, Again, Seattle giving up the 29th most tackles to the linebacker position. Like you said, these guys, they rotate in and out. It's not true every down rolls. There's always the potential for a blowout. So I have uh, Clark, I think, LB 38, Marquise Bell, LB 44. So a little bit lower. um I, I know they that uh, Shaquille Leonard went in for a visit there as well in Dallas. Obviously, not going to play this week. He hasn't even signed yet. He's, he's going to be looking to maybe sign this weekend with somewhere, but it could be Dallas, could be Philly somewhere. Um, we'll see what happens there and we'll figure it out when that happens. But Right now, yeah, Damon Clark and, and Marquise Bella the two, but like you said, not overly trustworthy. Um, for IDP purposes, other than that, it, it's kind of like the same thing with their safeties too, right? Like they these guys rotate quite a bit. Like I still probably like Donovan Wilson the best uh, just because he's been the most kind of consistent as far as snaps and production it kind of it's it's so up and down right and and these guys don't play every down role so it's it's harder to bet on them so i have him as like safety 29 he's he's the highest for me um this uh among this these these cowboys but anybody else on dallas uh worth talking about for you
1: no i mean you you do obviously like you know the the rotation that's kind of going on amongst the defensive line, you know, mm-hmm. there, there is some like openings there, but it's really like spotty. You're not really, you know, the, it, the same thing's happening uh, amongst the defensive line and, and blowouts and stuff like that. Guys are just playing, you know, different almost every week. Um, and it's, kind of obviously frustrating with not even the linebackers, but also to your point, the safeties is you're not really, those guys are not even on your deeper rosters are not cuttable because they do have those kind of, you know, double digit games, but also it is at DB, which you feel like you could stream a little bit more, yeah. but um, it's tough. You know, you don't want to cut a Donovan Wilson, watch them get, you know, 20 points or so on another guy's roster. <laughs> so it's, you know, there's some, there's some frustration there. You, you also don't have the consistency of feeling like you could start them every week. So,
0: yeah, for sure. And then you mentioned Deron Bland as well. Like, we're, we're pretty much starting him just because he, he's been a pick six god this this season. We, we can't risk leaving a pick six on the bench. <laughs> Not to say that he's going to get another one this season. You never know. But I, it, I, he's already got five. So um, we liked him last week and more for the tackles, um, more than anything. And he ended up with like 10 tackles as well as the pick six. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're leaving him in lineups. But, yeah, other than that, I mean, the defensive line, it is what it is. It's kind of a messy group. And, it, these, all, these guys all generate pressure because of the way that defense is, but picking who's going to get the sack each week has been a little bit tougher outside of Micah Parsons. We liked Demarcus Lawrence last week, but he didn't get home, so he was a bit of a downer. But other than that, I mean, Osa Digizua for DT Required Leagues has been pretty solid, but... Um... That is the Dallas Cowboys. So how about on the Seattle side of things? Obviously, we feel pretty good about uh, Bobby, Wager, Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks. They've been excellent all year. But anybody else on um, the the Seahawks that uh, you'd want to focus on?
1: No, uh, I know prior to the last few weeks, uh, Boye Mafe has been been really solid this year, I and mean, he was riding like a six-sack streak or something yeah. like that, some kind of unheard of <laughs> uh, numbers. But, yeah, I mean, Wagner and Brooks are, you know, goes without saying, I think both over averaging over eight and a half tackles per game this year, um, both in like the top 10 or 12 of the entire league in total tackles. So, um, the addition or return of Jamal Adams, I should say is kind of, you know, crapped on some of those Julian love shares, but, uh, Julian love is, is a really solid IDP. Um, Witherspoon has been startable every week, definitely in your, your cornerback required leagues, um, you know, and and doing it in in a multitude of ways. Um, Equal and I don't think I would touch. Um, and then among among the defensive line, um I don't know, Seattle's really slumping too. I think like you're not there's just there's nobody there that you're really like confident in, you know, even in like D T required. So um there's not a whole lot there. I think if I'm leaning towards anything, it's probably, you know, which safety you like the best, considering how you're gonna expect this game to go. And um, you know, obviously Witherspoon would probably be my you know, outside of Wagner and Brooks, probably the guy I would lean towards the most. Um, Jamal Adams playing an insane amount towards the line of scrimmage again. But, you know, seems like he makes as many impact plays as he misses tackles. So <laughs> 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 if you're playing on watching, which is it being a primetime game, that might be a little frustrating for you <laughs> if you decide to put him in there.
0: Yeah, it, it could be for sure. And yeah, we love the usage for Jamal Adams, but yeah, the, the production hasn't quite been there just yet, although last week was it was decent against the 49ers but it wasn't like amazing by any means right but i think he only played like one snap deep or something like that he played the rest in the box and in the slot so um he's been yeah just lining up very close to the line of scrimmage so we love that and and hope that he's going to continue to deliver and and dallas giving up the eighth most tackles per game to the safety position as well so decent matchup julian love like you said he's still playing around that 90 percent of snap range and and Quandre Diggs still playing in every down role. so they're happy to roll out three uh safety on a pretty regular basis Devin Witherspoon uh, yeah he's I think CB1 for me this week um going against the Cowboys seventh most tackles per game to the cornerback position so he, he's been so good that uh hard to keep him out of lineups um even last week in a bad matchup he still was really solid so um you love to see that from uh from your corners and then yeah like you said I mean the the edge the defensive line that these guys have been Okay, not great. Boye Mafe, probably the best of the bunch. Um, Just because, like you said, that sack streak was really nice. Probably going to go mostly against Terrence Steele um, this week. So Terrence Steele has a 44.2 pass blocking grade, which is 72nd out of 82 qualifying tackles. So could be a nice matchup there for Boye Mafe for those um, interested. But anything else from Seattle for you?
1: No, I know these Thursday games too. the, uh, you know, the narrative around, you know, fancy football is <laughs> we, we hate them. <laughs> yes. So, yes. um, both, both teams, you know, kind of not on a short week, which is at least, at least like some sort of saving grace there because they both did play last Thursday, but, um, yeah, uh, just just tough you know i mean if you're deciding between you know a a safety that you might like that's playing you know on sunday and you know jamal adams or julian love you know sometimes we will defer to that i don't i don't want to put all my eggs in the in the early basket (laughs) until you you know see a guy have a big game and then you're like damn why didn't i start him (laughs) yeah um, that's always that works not a great like um neither ma on each either side, like the matchup just isn't like one where it's worth kind of like putting that risk out there of saying like, you know, so and so is top against certain mm-hmm. positions. So I think that will kind of lead a lot of fades in this matchup, especially amongst the defensive line yeah
0: and and like you said the thursday games they're just they're so weird i, I can't stand thursday night football I, as much as like we always like want more football and we love watching football on any day of the week for every time thursday night football rolls around i'm just i'm on the abolished thursday night football train because i just yeah it's been it's been rough to watch and then yeah the injuries and and players g- being poor and leaving those duds in your fantasy lineup as well it's just been it's been rough so um let's move on to the atlanta falcons at the New York Jets um and let's start with uh let's start with the Jets this time because I, I, I want to talk about um Quinton Williams so Quinn and Williams we, we talked about him a f- quite a few times on this podcast but having a relatively quiet year at least for IDP purposes just two sacks on the year right he had 12 um in in 2022 uh so obviously some regression there but I think the more interesting thing, so looking into it, like Quinnen Williams is having a career year in terms of pass rush, win rate and pressure rate. So a 16.1% pass rush, win rate, which is elite for an interior defensive lineman and a 13.1% pressure weight, rate, also a very high end range. So, I think that is really kind of the things that we're we're looking for. Obviously we talk about it all the time, but you want those underlying metrics. And I think it's a great sign that he'll be able to deliver those sacks in the near future. And I think this week's matchup against the Falcons is a great time for that to happen. Going up against Desmond Ritter who owns a 24.8% pressure to sack conversion rate. That is the fifth highest in the league uh, or fifth worst um, to make it a little simpler, but Uh, It even has the help for potential strong floor this week, too, just in case he doesn't get that sack again um, because the Falcons are yielding the second most tackles uh, per game to opposing defensive linemen at uh, 21.7 this season. You got Quinn and Williams ranked tied for uh, 13th among defensive linemen who have played at least 50% of snaps and tackle efficiency so far this season as well. So everything about Quinn and Williams, other than that, the sack numbers, have been excellent this year, right? And even without the sack numbers, still one of the top scoring IDPs um, at his position. So for those that have been frustrated by him for any reason, I mean, I, I think you just keep rolling him out there because he's so good. And I think that we're we're going to start to see those sacks this year. Um other than that I mean CJ Mosley Quincy Williams we we know what we're getting from these guys um they're both potentially top 10 linebackers it, it's a nice matchup too Atlanta's given up the eighth most tackles per game to the linebacker position um at safety I kind of like Jordan Whitehead this week Jordan Jordan Whitehead uh, I have a safety 13 um, he's on pace for over a hundred total tackles, which would be the first time in his career that he would hit that mark. market 87 last year uh, in a 17 game season. So I uh, really like Jordan Whitehead this week. He's safety 13 for me. Um, but uh, yeah, don't love the corners. That, that That's really the only thing. DJ Reed can be a nice streamable option, but he's like CB 24 for me. Sauce Gardner. I'm not putting in there. He just doesn't get targeted enough um, to really trust on a consistent basis. But Anything for you from the Jets side
1: of it? Um, I do like the matchup for the Jets IDPs going up against Atlanta. You, you know, you spoke to a ton of those points, you know, CJ Mosley and Quincy Williams are, are just smash starts every week. You're not, you know there's there's nothing there that we're going to tell you that's going to help you <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean if you got those guys on your roster you're, you're playing them you know buying an injury um uh whitehead I, I had a good note on whitehead too um very like almost like a hidden gem you know mm-hmm. for idp uh, especially amongst dbs you know it seems like every year we're you know lack consistency there but um he's had 68 tackles or more in six straight seasons and i think he's on pace for a 200 point fantasy season so i mean he's he's Doing well. Um, I think, you know, at least two picks in almost every season of this period. Might may, maybe his rookie year is the only one. And uh he's had at least six tackles in the last four of the five games. And I think two of them might have been nine tackle games, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So um, yeah, he's been a uh, uh he's he's been solid. I mean, three of his four picks this year came against Josh Allen in week one. So I don't know how, you know, you're talking like a 35 point week there or something like that. So, um, but yeah, he's, he's been really solid there. Um, Quinn Williams is, you know, just to kind of, you know, wrap up that point for you. He's one of those rare ones that, you know, your, your, your JJ Watt in his prime, Aaron Donald, uh, even defensive tackle premium, you know, take that out of it. You're starting him as an IDP defensive lineman every week. Um, The dip, I mean, I think a lot of it, too, is it's to be expected, right? We're not expecting everyone to be. I mean, we call Aaron Donald the one-of-one for a reason, you know, getting 20 sacks from the interior. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, you know, Quinnen Williams has been as good as advertised. Um, I think the Jets have been dealing with a lot of kind of BS on that team. And, you know, it it is sad to see that defense kind of. Regress a little bit, but I think a lot of it is due to what's going on on the offensive side. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I I do. I do like the potential for a a smash game this week from him. Um, Atlanta is, you know, especially with Sauce Gardner taking away. Drake London, it's just when you make Atlanta one dimensional, which they kind of want to be anyway. I think yeah. it's a, you know, it, it's going to be a key point for these, you know, your Quentin Williams and, and honestly, your, your linebackers here, I think to kind of smash this week. So, um, love that matchup for them. Um, I'm not, Overly excited about anyone else, um, you know. For the, the the stat point of Ritter kind of giving up all those pressures. I mean, Bryce Huff has been a a spot start guy, mm-hmm. but you know, you're you're not gonna get the snaps there, so you are really right. banking on the sack. Like he will need the sack. He's not <laughs> not gonna not gonna be a high volume tackler, even though <laughs> you know Atlanta is giving up a you know second most tackles to defensive linemen. Like I just you know Bryce Huff is on his way to having a career year and to rip off another NFL team at some point in free agency. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in in spot starts, if you if you need a guy and you're really up against it, he's he's probably a guy that's still out there on your waiver wire, or even in your deeper leagues because the usage just isn't there.
0: Yeah, he's definitely still a situational pass rusher. Getting a little bit more snaps this year, but yeah, you're, you're really not getting the floor that you are with with like a Quinnen Williams or even like a Jermaine Johnson potentially who, who's playing a little bit more, but should draw uh, Jake Matthews this week who's been a really good pass blocker. So that makes it a tougher matchup for Jermaine Johnson. That's why I got him as uh, Edge 26 this week. So um, on the Falcon side of things, I guess we'll start with their linebackers because... Last week I was pretty excited about Nate Landman. Um I thought it was a really nice matchup for him. I thought he had potential there to have a nice like kind of on the fringe of an LB1 type game, but unfortunately his snaps dipped again. Um th- th- this has happened a couple times this year where he's played like a 100% game or 95% game and then drops down to 75%. That that's exactly what happened this past week. He dropped down to like 74% or something like that. So it makes him harder to trust, right? He's been very, very efficient when he's on the field, but if he's not on the field there, he could only do with what he's been given. Right. So um, he drops outside of those top, 30 linebackers for me he's lb 33 this week still startable in those deeper leagues but you really we're looking for volume more than anything here and there's no guarantee that landman's gonna get it so Caden ellis comes a, a bit ahead of him again this week since he is he isn't really losing snaps that doesn't happen for him um so he's been lb he's lb 24 for me this week but um yeah, not overly excited about, uh, Landman anymore. He burned me and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have uh, some trust issues with him, uh, from now on. But, um, other than that, uh, the safeties are really interesting for Atlanta because Jesse Bates has been amazing. Um, this year he has been an elite safety all season on pace for a new career high in total tackles. Um, he's also got four interceptions on the season, including a pick six this past week. Um, however, Bates, is kind of due for a down week, right? Especially as a safety that lines up primarily deep. 72% of his snaps coming from a deep alignment. Variance at the defensive back position basically does not discriminate uh, against any player. And this could be a week, I think, to temper expectations for what's been a top five IDP safety this season. Atlanta faces uh, the Jets, whose offense has been abysmal, um, all year. And, and as a result, um, they're yielding the least tackles per game to the safety position at 9.6. So, um, per game, I think, that is a recipe for a lower week for, for Jesse Bates, assuming he doesn't get another pick six. So I have him as safety 20, definitely still startable, but you definitely want to temper expectations this week. And the other piece of it is Richie Grant. So he's comes down all the way at safety 50 for me this week. And that is specifically because of reduced playing time. He saw a, his snaps cut down uh, pretty significantly this past week, which uh, is concerning for sure, because um, he had been a really good IDP. He had been a, uh, solid producer, solid tackle efficiency, but 75% of snaps this past week, I couldn't find anything on an injury or anything like that. So it looked like they were giving DeMarco Hellams uh, a little bit more work um, this past week as well. So for that reason, I think Richie Grant is an avoid for me this week, right? These are crucial weeks of the fantasy season. So don't want to mess around with um with limited snaps for the safety position when so many other guys play hundred percent of snaps. So um, yeah, that that's kind of my bit on the safeties there. Anything else for, for the Falcons for you?
1: No, it's a it's a bad matchup and to your point of um, you know, the these weeks becoming so crucial and trying to optimize and getting like the most out of your lineup. You know, Atlanta ranks about you know bottom five in everything in terms of tackles to IDPs. Um Nate Landman, I mean, that that sucked. I think he was riding a seven straight seven straight weeks of at least ten fantasy points in every game. So, you know, he was looking like that every down sneaky linebacker that you got off of waivers, you know, to kind of save your season there. Um, I'm kind of hoping this one was more towards the, you know, Caden Ellis revenge game so I've been heard of narrative there against the Saints. But um yeah, I don't think I think the one thing that Arthur Smith has done is he's taken the crown from Bill Belichick for, you know, hating fantasy football the most on both sides. So um just the randomness of losing snaps and there's just hasn't been much there. I mean, I do love Jesse Bates, but the fact that you're probably looking at Tim Boyle, who's maybe going to even attempt less than five passes downfield or Jesse Bates would even have an opportunity to <laughs> intercept a pass is kind of, you know, not enticing. And again, to your point of these weeks being so crucial is like, unless you're in a real bind, I know we got some, you know, again, those big hitters on by, but, um, I think you can find some production there that's a little bit more consistent even, you know, on waivers potentially than kind of starting a guy in a, in a matchup where, you know, you're going to be frustrated. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, just not interested um, in in messing around with with this kind of stuff this week. It's just it's too risky at, at this point in the season. And yeah, Tim Boyle, like you said, that is kind of the the biggest concern for for this Jets offense now. It was Zach Wilson, but at least Zach Wilson would take some shots every once in a while, even though they weren't very accurate. Um, there was at least the the opportunity there, but don't love it this week so the corners for atlanta don't love the the defensive line it's really kind of a mid defensive line right like bud dupree is not good arnold debichetti is still kind of developing there he's not quite shown a ton of promise um david on is probably the the best of the bunch uh, as far as like interior guys go 76.7 pass rush grade um this year the jets offensive line is really really poor right now there's there's not a lot of guys that are actually doing well and Tip Boyle is uh, somebody that has definitely taken a lot of sacks already um, in, in his few appearances this season so for DT required leagues don't mind a David on Yamada, but other than that I'm not uh, messing with too much with the Falcons IDPs this week All right, let's go to the next game on the list, the Arizona Cardinals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Where do you want to start with this one, John?
1: Uh, We could start on the Pittsburgh side. Um, I mean, just a caveat to the entire game here is it's just, you know, I think we're down... three of the top kind of four linebackers that should have been in this matchup. So uh, it has been a rough yeah. season at linebacker for IDP managers of trying to, you know, hope and pray that your your guys aren't getting injured on a on a regular basis. Um I think the the biggest thing on the the Pittsburgh side is, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick being back would be a grand slam. I think this is a, yeah. a plus matchup for him. Obviously the Steelers have been getting by. Um, you know, firing Matt Canada was a huge boost to every level of you know every phase of the game for them, um, but yeah, um, Mika coming back. You know he he, you know he's Mika Fitzpatrick. He's rock solid. He's a, he he's as, as good as advertised and produces yeah. for you. Um, Landon Roberts has been next man up, next 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 man up, <laughs> but has uh, found a way to be semi consistent here. I think he's five straight with at least twelve fantasy points. It's a, it's a high-volume tackle situation where there is legitimately just nobody left. You know, you're playing in front of a, a very decent front, you know, with T.J. Watt and Highsmith and Cam Hayward back. So, um, you know, the opportunity for tackles are there. Um, I think he's had some, some bigger weeks than last week, um, you know, similar to the Tim Boyle point, Jake Browning taking over that Cincinnati offense has really hindered the opportunities there on the IDP side. But, um, you know – Now on this one you got Kyler Murray who, you know, you know they're gonna move the ball. You know, so I think Landon Roberts is a is a, a sneaky start. I'll be interested to see where you kind of have him amongst linebackers this week. Um, I think last week might have been his worst game since the injuries happened there. Um, but yeah, there isn't a ton there. Um Joey Porter Jr. actually stepping up is kind of sucked <laughs> on the IDP side because he's been so good that it's as a rookie, it's like teams aren't even going after him. Um and you know, having you know, Levi Wallace in there was nice because, you know, that guy seems like a target machine where, you know, he's always leaving somebody open. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, there isn't a ton there. Um, this Pittsburgh team is just full of a lot of like waiver wire guys from an IDP perspective. So, you know, you can still go in and see a, a Demonte Casey on uh waivers and you're like do i you know <laughs> so um looking for spot starts there there's just not a ton to be excited about on the pittsburgh side in my opinion
0: yeah not not a ton to be excited about and and yeah we'll see if make fitzpatrick comes back um if not it means probably demonte casey plays the 100 snap roll again and then we got a mix in a trenton thompson as well which you know it is what it is but uh, it's not like somebody you're super excited about even though it is a decent matchup but if minka's back that's where you could feel a little bit better about this thing um and then i have a landon roberts as lb 20 um this week so he uh, he's been a 100 percent snap guy um since the injuries he's been efficient uh, when he wasn't a 100 percent snap he's, he's come down to earth obviously um with more snaps as as expected but um still very solid like you said and then Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward, Alex Highsmith, these guys are all playing. I I did want to mention too with Highsmith. um, He's another one of those guys dealing with some regression this year, four and a half sacks on the season, um, despite uh, is another one also having a career year in terms of some of his pass rush (laughs) metrics. Um, 84.2 pass rush grade. Um, that's inside the top 12 at his position. He's also uh, got a career high 16.7% win rate, 14% pressure rate. Um, so look, 14 and a half sacks last season obviously set the bar very high for people, um, but he hasn't quite delivered this year as far as sacks, but still really solid, getting a lot of other miscellaneous stats in their um, tackles as well. So we knew he was due for regression, but I think, you know, we can expect him to kind of bounce back. If not this year, could be a nice buy low candidate for those dynasty leagues um heading into twenty twenty four as well.
1: Hard playing uh, with uh TJ Watt it is yeah tj watt
0: is a, a bit of a sack hog that guy so, uh, yeah he can either create some sacks for you or he's in there quick enough to to take them away before anybody else so um yeah it's uh it's it's definitely a tougher situation to kind of work out at times but yeah still like highsmith um, quite a bit i think i'm as edge six this week actually um so feel pretty good about him Um, And then on the Arizona side of things, uh, anywhere you want to start with uh, these IDPs, there's not a ton of exciting guys here.
1: No, I mean your your Budabaker's. You know, your he's going to start every week for you. He's been amazing since coming back. You know, more consistent than I think we've seen in in, in quite some time. Um, Zayvon Collins still kind of always wants to to draw you in, but the the production is never there. <laughs> um, it's almost the name value because you know it's a guy who played linebacker, and you're you're thinking you're getting a cheat code now that he's a defensive lineman, but um, it's a lot more letdown than you know kind of the other side of it um yeah. J- Josh Woods is probably your your most consistent play there at linebacker mm-hmm. he's been dealing with nagging injuries and he's just I don't think he's quite the player that we want him to be um uh losing Kaiser White obviously was a killer there because that was you know he was having a consistent year um yeah. and amongst that defensive line it's just almost like pick your poison every week i mean i've 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 maybe added and dropped Dennis Gardeck about 12 <laughs> times this year. <laughs> um, yeah, Led better there as well. Like, there's just a few guys that, like, I mean, on a weekly base, basis, if you're looking at, you know, a team that gives up a lot of sacks or a lot of pressures, you know, in a, you're in a, a tough bind, you know, defensive line is although it's been a lot better in Dynasty than it has in years past, it's still a wasteland if you don't have one of those top guys. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's there's, again, this is one of those matchups where I don't expect a ton of offense, um, but it might be, you know, ugly on the defensive side too because you might, you know, you just, you just don't have those guys giving you those consistent numbers. And, again, with the playoffs coming up and all that, like you just don't really want to risk a, a matchup like that kind of, putting up a zero or something for you and, and really costing you a ch- chance at a playoff position or you know even you know a chance at like a total points championship or something like that
0: yeah I'm, I'm with you and and i think it is i think really buda baker is kind of the main one for me as well um i, I think safety 12 i have him at, at this week he's got a 10.9 percent tackle efficiency which is top 24 uh, among all defensive backs so like you said just been really solid josh woods Hasn't been Kaiser White, but he's still playing 100% of snaps, but like you said, don't love the matchup necessarily this week, so he's be 26 for me, and then I'm just not really messing around too much with the guys. Jalen Thompson's been fine as like a maybe low-end safety too, um, but yeah, BJ Jolari, Cameron Thomas, even Collins, like the Pittsburgh offensive line hasn't been great, but Kenny Pickett hasn't necessarily taken a lot of sacks either, right? So you're really kind of rolling the dice on, on these guys who haven't shown like amazing pass rush metrics by any mean. Dennis Gardeck has probably been actually the best of the bunch, but again, not a ton of snaps there either. So it, it makes it really hard to kind of trust these guys. But um, yeah, I, I think that pretty much covers the, the Cardinals. So let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. And... I want to start. Actually, let's start with Indianapolis here because um, obviously they released Shaquille Leonard. Uh, we saw that, and so kind of the fallout from that has been that obviously Zaire Franklin stays in an every-down role. That didn't change, but EJ Speed um, stepped into a near every-down role um, th- this past week that, uh, with with the release of Leonard. So I think he played ninety-five percent of snaps, somewhere around there. But um, I think that keeps him in in, in starting consideration in, in in most lineups um the only problem is this week against the titans they are giving up the fewest tackles per game to the linebacker position so don't love that just 14.5 tackles per game to linebackers and uh, that's just 11 over the past three um games 11 per game over the past three and Zaire Franklin is there. You feel fine about him. He's been the second most efficient tackler at the linebacker position this season with a 16.6% tackle efficiency. That doesn't leave like a ton of opportunities for somebody like an EJ speed who has been a below average tackler at the position this season at 11.2%. So I have EJ speed LB 29 this week. Um, despite the nice boost in snaps, it's just not the best matchup for him. So comes in a little bit lower for me this week. And then Pretty much, I mean, Kenny Moore, you're starting him, even though it's, again, not a great matchup. Kenny Moore has just been so solid. He he always kind of seems to find a way, so he's still starting for me. But Julian Blackman, I think he's, he's safety 18 for me this week. Uh, the only reason he stays kind of in that startable range is forty-six percent of his snaps in the box this year. He's just been um, up and around that line of scrimmage where we like him to be and getting those tackles. So that also could potentially hurt EJ Speed as well. Having that safety that's in the box so often um, just puts another uh, body in there to compete with for tackles. So, yeah, I, that that's kind of the Colts. I mean, DeForest Buckner is the other one too. Obviously, he's starting. We're not. We don't have to talk too much about him, but. Anybody for Indianapolis for you that you'd want to talk about?
1: No, it's, I mean, I think you're going to the, the top three there. Zaire Franklin could probably be in the worst matchup imaginable, and he's still going to find a way <laughs> to get 12 tackles. So yeah. um, uh, the EJ Speed experiment will be. Interesting. Um, I know you had um, someone on a few weeks ago and it was kind of talking about the Gus Bradley system and how it's really just about like thumpers. You know what I mean? Like the sideline to sideline linebackers aren't really going to thrive in that system. Um, So uh, it'll be interesting to see the usage on EJ speed. Um, It, you know, in a matchup like this, I think it's a complete fade for me because you know that Zaire outside of a Zaire injury. And even then like he's it's not going to be the EJ speed show so um but yeah um DeForest Buckner obviously that's a, a must start every single week um and then Kenny Moore you know cornerback required I know even in non- cornerback required Kenny Moore's putting up some some numbers at times that will absolutely swing a matchup in your favor so um the 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 rotation among the defensive line is is rough. Uh, Quiddy pays, you know, had some moments. Or Buckham's had some moments. It's, um, but the consistency there is. I mean, if you're choosing between, let's go back to the Thursday game of like a boy Mafe or, you know, Daryl Taylor or something like that or one of these guys. I mean, I might lean more towards the Colts matchup just because I think it's a bit more favorable and the fact that it's not on the dreaded Thursday. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, <laughs> these are these are not smash starts in any any way shape or form but you do have two corner quarter, two quarterbacks in this one yeah. you know especially that are, are turnover prone so you know you, you you could look to that part of the matchup but i'm not super comfortable starting these guys if if i'm looking to you know make sure i'm trying to score points and win matchups <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it, it's it's tough like there's, there's six teams on a bye injuries now at the position too like we may get to a point where we got to be putting quiddy pay i mean i'm somebody that has to put quiddy pay into a lineup this week because i lost jalen phillips um which is obviously a huge bummer but quiddy pay yeah it's like he's edged 36 for me this week like i don't he's just i mean a 57.8 pass rush grade on the year so nothing like super encouraging there unfortunately the best thing about quitty pay for this week is that he's going up against Dylan Raiden's um the right tackle there for the Tennessee Titans 54- uh, 44.1 pass blocking grade um on the season so he has not been very good so that's the one thing that I kind of like in quitty Pay's favor this week but ugh, it's a, it's again it's kind of a pick your poison hope for the best between him Sam- Samson Ebucam, Deo Odeangbo. um but, yeah, I, I probably, probably leaning Ebuchem. Ah, God, maybe pay this week. If I have to pick one, um, it, it's tough. But, uh, yeah, it, at least there's maybe some potential there in the matchup. Hopefully, uh, pay could get home for my sake and help me feel better about losing Jalen Phillips in, in one of my main leagues. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that pretty much covers the Colts. So let's do the the Tennessee Titans here again. Another team that isn't you know overly exciting um, necessarily for for IDP purposes um, outside of you know Jeffrey Simmons and DT required leagues who's been solid, excellent. Um, Danico Autry, Harold Landry, those guys have been nice um, edge two options as well. Aziz Al Shayer, the lone uh every down linebacker there he's lb 12 for me this week the colts giving up the 12th most tackles um to the linebacker position but not interested in anybody else at that linebacker spot in tennessee jack gibbons uh playing less than 50 percent of snaps lately so you, you just want to avoid that um the only other thing cave wallace at safety Um, He was with the Cardinals earlier in the year. They released him. He had been a solid IDP, really, really good tackle efficiency, 12.2% tackle efficiency, which is eighth best among defensive backs this year. He started to see some increased snaps. He actually started last game alongside Amani Hooker. Um, but wasn't, it wasn't a full every down roll. So that that's the one thing to kind of keep an eye on is when he gets those 100% of snaps, then you feel a little bit better about putting him into lineups. But I think it was like 74% or somewhere around there. So um, someone to keep an eye on because he has been so efficient with his opportunities. Um, but. Yeah. Uh, Colts given up the third most tackles to the defensive line position as well. I should mention that. So for, for those guys like Jeffrey Simmons, D'Nico Autry uh, and Harold Landry. Um, but anybody else on Tennessee uh, worth talking about for you?
1: No, um, Wallace, I, I, I like the kind of comeback story there for him because yeah. I think he was like five straight games. You know, Buddha, Buddha was out, I think after yeah. week one or halfway through week one or something like that. Um, and like five straight games of like at least like 12 to 15 fantasy points per game. Um, kind of a surprising cut there, Um, you know, all things considered, uh, especially with how rough they are at linebacker. Um, But, you know, nice to kind of see him bounce back and and bring some value to some teams. Um, I mean, he's really that increased snaps is from Terrell Edmonds, but Terrell Edmonds is terrible. So I don't understand why Wallace couldn't dominate that snap share, even when Edmonds was back. Um, I do like kind of a – <laughs> Excuse me. Uh uh potential smash week from Harold Landry. I know he's had fifty snaps and in, in fifty plus snaps and three straight and I think eighteen tackles and one sack over that three game stretch, mm-hmm. which is uh which is kind of nice for Landry there. Um I know still recovering from that ACL has had some kind of boom weeks, but has had some, you know, some duds in there too. So um, with the matchup being a little bit plus on the tackle side, um, if you do get that sack too, you got that potential for that 20 point week from him. Um, So uh, those are nice to have because, you know, People are kind of fading a lot of this, you know, Tennessee defense. Um, Amani Hooker has been, you know, a, a pretty big letdown this year. I was, especially after the buyer trade, I was definitely expecting, you know, one of those big seasons. I know he's dealt with, you know, some injuries and a concussion in there as well. Um, but, yeah, the, the the tackle floor is nowhere near as safe as I thought it, it should be with a player, you know, of his caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with Kayvon Wallace coming in, who is much better than, you know, from an efficiency rating, I think, than Terrell Edmonds is. So, um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, and I mean, the Aziz dominating is, is really nice to see, too. A guy who was kind of hidden in San Fran for some yeah. years and, you know, kind of outshined by Dre Greenlaw and kind of lost that second, you know, that Robin role to uh, Fred Warner. <laughs> it's nice to kind of yeah. see him kind of come and, and, and make his own superhero role here in Tennessee. Um, and, I mean, those Monty Rice, Jack Gibbons, those guys are not, good or getting the the playing time that they deserve or you know have earned or whatever. So um the last guy I'll speak to there is probably Sean Murphy Bunting. Um, I do like him. He's uh he's been solid this year, solid when he was in Tampa Bay too. Um assuming that he's probably going to get a bulk of the share against Michael Pittman who has uh just been an absolute target machine this year. Mm -hmm. Um I think he's up there with you know digs and Tyre Kill and you know the most targeted guys you know Keenan Allen those type of guys so um pretty big opportunity for him for him there so um if you're looking for cornerback required you know not just in this matchup but specifically in this matchup you know kind of uh you know that might be a a sneaky start there for you
0: yeah i like it i like the the streaming option there for Mur- murphy bunting he has been solid um and yeah hopefully he's back in the lineup this week too i think he, yeah because he came back last week um so yeah he was good to go. yeah um i like it and yeah that pretty much does it for that game so let's go to the next game on the list here denver broncos at the houston texans uh where do we want to start with this one john
1: um we could start on the uh denver side there with your uh you know alex singleton and josie jewel combo (laughs) (laughs) the tackle monsters um alex singleton has just been a godsend you know, for IDP managers, I mean, uh, I think eight games this season, I think I, I, I tried it with 10 tackles or more. Um, really odd that like he's kind of the one, you know, given being the free agent of the two, <laughs> kind of the one of uh, kind of coming in and dominating the high volume tackles. I know that's you know, that's his game, but um, Jewel's been decent, you know, kind of having uh, I think he's got four impact plays since week eight. So um really not the high volume tackler that we've had from Josie Jewell in the past, but um kind of nice that he's still, you know, becoming a, a relevant IDP starter with with some of those impact plays. Um 10th most tackles per game Houston's allowing to linebackers. I missed the I mean I'm you know beating a dead horse here, but everyone as impressed as possible with this Houston offense just moving yeah. the ball up and down the field, both running and passing seems like they're never out of a game. So I would expect, you know, not breaking news here. Those linebackers that both should do pretty well, but Alex Singleton's got to be, you know, top five IDP linebacker every single week at this point. Um, uh, your cornerback, that's a, a solid matchup for your cornerbacks there too. Um, but I don't, you know, when you, when you have a Patrick Sertan type player, it does really kind of leave a lot to be desired. You know, teams don't typically go after those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Last piece there I have is uh the Jonathan Cooper Nick Benito combo there. Cooper has definitely been a safe tackle floor, uh, five plus tackles in fifty percent of his games this season. Um, not sure if he's still inside the top twelve defensive line, but I think he was at, at midseason there. Um, he's he's been really really solid. Um, Benito is more like sack dependent. You're not getting the usage out of him. It's a you know a little bit of a, an expanded Bryce Huff type role where he's playing somewhere in the thirty to Twenty to thirty snap range, but he's getting a sack or you know force fumble or something like that. That's kind of making him more fantasy relevant. So, um, Houston giving up the eighth most tackles to defensive linemen. So um, I do love Jonathan Cooper, another guy who's a young player who's really kind of flying under the radar. And we're not—I don't know if we're giving him enough respect for you know the production that he's producing. Um, and Justin Simmons is just you know a guy who won't go away. <laughs> Seems like uh, he's not gonna not gonna get you those those big tackles, but you know those impact plays is anytime you want to fade him, he's gonna get one, and it's typically against your top tier quarterbacks. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I don't I'm not super high on him this week with a a pretty rough matchup to safeties. So, um, what do you got on the Denver side? Yeah, I think it was
0: just basically the the safeties that I, that I wanted to kind of focus on. I think he covered everything else really well. Um, and Yeah, Justin Simmons, I think I have safety 25. The other guy there is PJ Locke, who's filling in for um, the suspended Kareem Jackson, right? So uh, I have PJ Locke as safety 31 this week. I think people are going to be going after him on, on waiver wires after a really good game in week 12 against the Browns. He posted, I think, seven tackles, a sack. He had a forced fumble in there, um, but he hasn't or at least he isn't necessarily like a must start option for me this week. It, um, he played 74% of snaps. I think more importantly than anything else, those, those snaps are, are key, right? So we want those 100% snap guys. 74% is a bit concerning. In it, 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 I know he came out of the game a little bit too, but it, not enough or uh, because of injury. But there is, at le- there was at least some of this that was part of the game plan too. So I think PJ Locke, um, comes in a little bit lower for me and then the Texans, um, Uh, They've yielded just 12.6 tackles per game to the safety position. So that's 22nd. Um, So it's not necessarily a player that IDP managers need to chase production at the position in in such a crucial week here for fantasy again. Um, So he's he's fine to have on rosters. And if he gets up to that 100% snap share, um, could be somebody that we like in in matchup based plays. But this week, a, a little bit lower on PJ Locke. And then, so let's move to the uh, Houston Texans side of things because they're always interesting. Um, I'm curious, what's your your take on this this linebacker situation? Because Denzel Perriman is expected back this week after his serving his two game suspension,
1: right? I hate it (laughs) Um, (laughs) when you have situations like we kind of spoke about a little bit before in, in uh, Arizona, in Pittsburgh, it's like, can I get one of these guys over there? You know what I mean? And kind of give me some more fancy relevance, but you know, you got Denzel Perryman and and Blake Cashman and uh, you know, Tuatu and you have Christian Harris and it's like I feel like guys are just kind of like buried out there but it's you know it's, it's spot starts you know I mean you know from a dynasty perspective we want to start the rookies in the, in the second year guys and Harris and Harrison Tuatu and you know we got Blake Cashman getting 10 tackle games out here on us so <laughs> um, and Denzel Perriman coming back I, I'm I'm just con- concerned of what it's going to, what's going to look like, uh, even to the Denver side of like, when Kareem Jackson comes back, I know he's your veteran, you know, like Perriman, but like, what do you do at that point? You know what I mean? Like yeah. you got a guy who's been suspended multiple times for kind of feeling like he's a caveman in the game. And yeah. now it's like, you know, do you move towards some of these younger guys who are, you know, willing to make a, are going to make a bigger impact for you down the line. So, um, but Perriman back is you know, kind of a killer in that situation. It seems like Christian Harris has been coming on a little bit over these past couple of weeks as well. Um, Tuatu, I know, has been kind of – I think he dealt with a concussion there, so I'm not sure how much he actually played last week. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a rough situation among the linebackers, and it is a plus matchup, but it's when you don't – when you have those guys returning, it's like, are you expecting Perriman to play 100%? I can't say that with confidence right now that I'm expecting that. And when we get even into that 75% range, it impacts drastically what what we're projecting. So, um, you know, Perriman is going to be your high-volume tackler. That's where he's going to – what's his bread and butter. It's where he's going to make his money. But if if it's not there, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're kind of projecting off of – based off of – you know what we expect him to do, but when you have some of these young guys being rotated in, it's you know, and Houston's winning games or they're they're competitive in all these games. So um, I don't love that situation. It's not a complete fade for me, but I would really have to dig into numbers and projections and what you know. I mean, it'll probably be a, a almost like a game time call there. So um, I I don't love it. Um, obviously, the safety matchup there is not sweet as well. But Jalen Petrie has been pretty electric. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: We lost John there for a second. Oh, you're back. Good.
1: Oh, you'd lost the, uh, the
0: audio, but yeah, you're mentioning Jalen Petrie. Um, and, uh, yeah, you, you've lost audio, John, but, um, <laughs> uh, Jalen Petrie safety. I got him a safety 11 this week. He played about 45% of snaps in the box last week, which was definitely a shift from his typical deep safety role. So I think that's something more to kind of keep in mind here going forward. And and it's not necessarily like a great matchup for safeties. Like, like John mentioned before, before he cut out there. um, 27th most tackles per game to the safety position, but 15.0, um, per game over the last three games which um has been a positive for for petrie um or at least for for opposing players against the texans um or against the broncos that is so could be a nice matchup here for petrie after all if that trend kind of continues there and then the other thing like john was mentioning just to kind of follow up on the linebackers the way that i'm kind of treating this group um, with Denzel Perriman coming back is I'm pretty sure it's going to affect Christian Harris more than it's going to affect Blake Cashman. So I have Blake Cashman kind of in that low end LB2 range. Um, Christian Harris I've dropped out of the top 36 Denzel Perriman's off outside of the top 36 as well as is Henry To'o, To'o. So So um, John, I think you might be back with us now. Um, you dropped out there for a second, yeah, but yeah, just no, no, all good. It happens. I mean, th- this is what technology does. Does it? It likes to test us, right? So, uh, <laughs> appreciate you figuring out, but yeah, I was just following up on, on Petrie, um, where I had him this week, and and yeah, kind of with you there in that he has been uh better here as of late, and then and then just wrap it up my thoughts on the, the Texans linebackers, but I'll let you kind of finish up your your thoughts there.
1: Yeah, um, that linebacker situation just a little muddy. Um, Petrie, I think you're still starting that guy, but I do think that we need to temper expectations and just not make guys DB1 going into the season anymore because, <laughs> you know, hurt us with our, our favorite Derwin last year, and, you know, now it seems like it's it's got Petrie this year. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, great players, but, you know, we're just going to leave them off of our DB1 overall list, and that way they could produce for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: Yeah, you (laughs) have to. (laughs) um,
1: Among defensive linemen, there, I just don't. I mean, I love Will Anderson as a player, but the production's just not there. Um, You know, Greenard's been all right, but this matchup's just horrible. You know, second worst in the league. so um i'm not i'm not really overly excited to kind of start anyone here name value alone i think we are a lot of us just get suckered into the draft capital we spent on will anderson so he's gonna kind of make his way into our lineups you know more often than not because of how thin the position is but you know if there's if there's options here you know to to get somebody in there to start for you this week in a spot start you know i'd probably be looking to do that
0: yeah, I think that's fair, and and the Broncos' offensive line has been pretty solid this year, I would say. Um, R- Russell Wilson does still have a tendency to take sacks, obviously, so that's kind of the 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 positive thing there for guys like a will anderson or or even potentially jonathan greenard in deeper leagues but um yeah it, it's not necessarily the best matchup especially for the floor like you said the 31st most tackles per game to the defensive line position so um that that does hurt uh, these guys potential as well so anything else from this game john or, or do you want to move on to our next one on the list
1: uh yeah I'm, i think i'm wrapped up i'm good here
0: Nice. All right, let's move to the Miami Dolphins at the Washington Commanders, and I'll start with um, the the Commanders' side of things here. Uh, because Cody Barton did end up returning last week coming off of IR and immediately stepped back into uh, an every down role, which was uh, key for him, right? And and it pushed Jamin Davis back down the depth chart um, to more of a part-time role there, which uh, obviously a bummer for Jamin Davis, former first overall pick and somebody who'd kind of been holding down that every down role. He just, they just don't seem to really want him in that spot. And he's probably not going to be sticking around in Washington if I had to guess. Um, so we'll see what happens to him going forward. But that's beside the point um but barton has been the the commander's most efficient tackler this season as well just around league average 13.5 percent um didn't have like the best game last week six total tackles i think this is uh you know a chance for him to to be uh, to have a better game um the dolphins have been a below average opponent in yielding tackles per game to the linebacker position on the year at 15.5. But that number has actually been a top five rate over the past three games at 19.7 tackles per game to the linebacker position. So that could be a trend in the right direction there uh, for somebody like Cody Barton um, as the commanders loan every down linebacker. So I have him as LB 17 this weekend and, and, and kind of like his potential potential as a, a, a startable linebacker here again. Um, and then other than that, Cam Curl, uh, the Miami's given up the fifth most tackles per game to the safety position. Cam Curl has been uh, solid all season long. He's safety two for me. Benjamin St. Juice and Kendall, Kendall Fuller also startable there at the cornerback position. Those guys have been solid. Um, the defensive line, it's not a great matchup because Miami's offensive line has been pretty good. Um, two has been Decent at avoiding sacks as well, so it's really only Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne that I'd be interested in, and that's for, you know those DT required leagues. I think Jonathan Allen's DT nine for me, Deron Payne DT seventeen. Deron Payne, another one of those guys dealing with regression um, this year, but he also doesn't have the the pass rush metrics either to kind of back up the the potential for him to kind of get better as far as sacks go. So that that's a bit concerning for Payne, and that's why he comes in a little bit lower for me um, this week.
1: Yeah, I think you, you hit it with the commander side there. You know, Barton coming back, you know, we, we got that little whatever it was, two to four game stretch where, you know, Jim and Davis was going to be a thing again. Um, but it turns into very Isaiah simmons <laughs> where we uh, yeah. feel like, you know, now's the time and it's not the time. <laughs> um, he did have a couple nice games in there. But like you said, it doesn't seem like uh, he's in the long-term plans there for Washington. So it looks like they're ready to give up on that you know, first round selection of him. Um, Barton's going to, you know, he's just got the consistent tackle floor. That was kind of the, you know, hiding him in uh, Seattle there for a few years. Seemed like that was what we kind of wanted from him. Um, The injury sucked because he was, he was playing at a really consistent rate there for a while. So um, nice to have him back and hopefully he can stick around uh, for the end of the season here for IDP managers, trying to make that, you know, push. Um, Cam Curl has just been, great i think he had one dud all season um maybe like a, a three to four tackle game or something like that um but yeah amazing matchup this week <clears throat> i believe he has two 20 point games and one 30 point game this this week or this year already so um curl's one of those type of players that rare ones that you get at the safety is as much of a streamable position as it is that can really swing a matchup in your favor so and um the fact that he does it really without impact plays is is really awesome <laughs> because yeah. you know when those plays do start coming, you know, you, you know he's got that potential for those boom weeks. Um and yeah, I'm with you, uh Saint Juice is, you know, arguably one more- of the most terrible corners in the game because he just gets you know, <laughs> <laughs> targeted so much. But, uh, you know, leads, leads to some tackles. So it's uh, yeah. not bad. Seems like teams have it in the game plan to go after him. So um, Fuller as well has been has been solid this year. He's definitely better. Um, <laughs> but um, amongst the D-line, yeah, your defensive tackle premium leagues, you, you know, you're looking at your, your pain and Allen there. But without the, the key edge rushers on the end, losing both Sweat and Chase Young, you know, seems like the commanders are headed towards – a little bit of you know, kind of an Atlanta approach on offense, where they got the young quarterback and they're just going to try to bring in weapons on that side of it and let the defense fall into place. Um, after you know, for the past decade, just drafting nothing but defense it seemed like with those early picks. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you know, it, it's it's not a good situation there. I know you know KJ Henry's played in, in spots, but nothing like you know you're talking seven to ten snaps, so you're not really getting much there. So those guys um, from a metric standpoint. I didn't know how poor that some of them were performing. So, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, and it, being not a good matchup and the fact that, you know, the offensive approach is to take them out, it's not going to, uh, probably not going to be a, a great week for either of them. So, um, Barton probably, I mean, Curl obviously top, top two DB. In, totally aligned with that and uh barton i would expect to be you know a pretty solid linebacker this week you know even given the matchup because i don't expect miami to you know struggle too much on offense in this game
0: yeah i'd imagine <clears throat> miami should be able to to have their way on offense here and and yeah maybe that'll lead to some more points there for our guys cam curl the cornerbacks as well so um on the miami idp side of things obviously Yeah, we mentioned it before, but Jalen Phillips done for the year, obviously with the torn Achilles. So hopefully he gets back because that is a a huge bummer. He's been, he was excellent here in the the past few weeks. Um, Even had a really nice game when he got, before he got injured um, on Thanksgiving or Good Friday, I guess. So, or Black Friday, not Good Friday. Um, (laughs) It was a bad Friday. Bad Um, Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Uh, other than that, I mean, Bradley Chubb, is another one of those guys I think having one of the best seasons of his career in terms of pass rush grade 79.3 pass rush win rate, 14.7% pressure rate, 13.4% all of those are, are numbers that are either the second best marks or the best marks of his career. So I think, you know, it's going to be hard pressed to probably get to that 12 sack mark that he had as a rookie um he's currently i think sitting at six on the year but he should be able to at least i think add to that total against the commanders this week and sam howell who still has taken the most sacks 55 uh, on the season um the dolphins i I think they're they're going to continue to lean on bradley chubb here with jalen phillips out for the year uh he has been averaging 82% of snaps uh, this season. I think they're easy. They're going to continue to be in that range or at least exceed that range here going forward. And feeling pretty good about um, Andrew Van Ginkle this week as well, uh, who I have as like edge 15, just again, because of the matchup. Look, it's not Washington's offensive line that's been bad. It's Sam Howell just, loves taking sacks we, we call him the sack fetishist on this show and that's <laughs> kind of what he has been he's just cont- like 55 sacks is insane and the season's not even quite close to being done yet so uh, we'll see what happens this week against a good um pass rushing uh defensive line here christian wilkins as well he had two sacks last week so uh he could keep his hot streak going zach Siler has been has been solid um but yeah the, other than that i mean it's a nice matchup for miami's corner so Uh, Washington giving up the second most tackles per game to the cornerback position. So Jalen Ramsey, Zayven Howard, uh, Peter Kohu. These are solid options to stream this week against a Washington team that is the most pass-heavy team in the NFL at 72% of plays. Um, They are passing passing the ball. They've also targeted the wide receiver position more than any other team this season at 291 attempts to wide receivers. So uh, I think we could see Ramsey, Kohu, Howard I'll be heavily involved this week and have a nice game Um, not interested in their linebackers I'm just not Playing around with that this week until I see what the usage shakes out with Van Ginkle likely not playing off ball um, with with Jalen Phillips out. And then the only other question is Javon Holland. He left last game with a knee injury. Um, We don't know. He's currently still questionable. So they haven't really given a ton of solid information there. I don't know if he's going to play or not, but uh, that's pretty much the only question mark for me um, for for Miami. Otherwise, it's a pretty straightforward defense. How, How are you feeling about them?
1: Um, I'll start with linebacker. I don't love that situation either with usage, yeah. but if I was going to trust a guy, I think it might be David Long in a matchup like okay. this, just because I, th- I think the, the tackle numbers probably have a little bit of a, a better shot there. I know Washington is trying to uh, take a little bit of heat off of how, you know, Brian Robinson has been pretty solid mm-hmm. this season, but, um, you know, how love to get sacked, and, you know, I guess you don't lead the league in, uh, Passing, if you know you're not willing to stand back there and just get yeah. obliterated behind a poor offensive line, <laughs> so um, but uh, yeah, Javon Holland would be a, a huge miss, especially coming off of a monster week with a hundred yard pick six. Oh, um, probably a game that Miami can afford to sit him if it is some kind of knee issue, especially with a little bit of a brutal stretch coming up with uh, I think still having to play Baltimore, Dallas, and Buffalo over the, the last couple weeks there. So uh, might be a situation where they sit him um, at corner. Yeah, that's the matchup's at corner. Jalen Ramsey has been an impact play monster. Um, you're never going to get the tackle numbers with Jalen Ramsey. You know, right. anyone who's played IDP for – an extended period of time knows that, <laughs> um, cater co who might be a, a big one. I know, uh, Curtis Samuel kind of ate last week to, to get 12 targets against Dallas. Um, so might be a situation where you, you see some of that too in a, in a potential, you know, blowout. Um, Washington's not gonna, uh, take Sam Howell off the field. They're going to let him get sacked for four f- entire quarters. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> year. So, um, but yeah, who's probably the one I like the, the most there, um, you know, they've been kind of, you know, taking Terry McLaurin a little bit out of the offensive game plan since the enemy's been there. It doesn't seem like he's he's having many of those big, big games. So um, look to, you know, some of, like, the the Logan Thomas and uh, the Curtis Samuel type of guys to kind of, you know, extend the game and the running back. So uh, maybe Katerko, who's probably, like, the guy I like the most there amongst that group. Um, and Van Ginkle, I mean, is he back to the early season value is kind of what I have in my notes here with the question mark. You know, he had that mm-hmm. four four sacks and a four-game stretch with Phillips out. Um, you know, good player. You know what I mean? One of those I mean, all day looks like a New England Patriot type of, you know, those 2000 Patriot <laughs> team type players, you know, yeah. you're Rob Ninkovich type of guy where it's yes. like, you know, you're not really sure what role he's playing, but he's always around the ball. So um, yeah. be curious to see what they do. I know um, Jason Pierre Paul's coming in, but it sounds like, you know, he'll probably hang on the practice squad until he's ready. Um, I don't <clears throat> love anyone there. Christian Wilkins is a, you know, there's no, thought there you know especially in defensive yeah. tackle premium he's starting every single week but it has been nice to see him come on and and Siler's another guy that you know seems like you you're not going to start him every week but he's definitely in mm-hmm. consideration when you're if you're looking at kind of some depth there at defensive line but yeah overall um I don't know how much <laughs> Miami defense is going <laughs> to be on the field you know what I mean it might yeah. be one of those games where they just kind of you know, they might be sitting starters. So I I don't love to factor that into your decision-making when you're starting guys. But um, when it comes to at least some of your big-name guys, I think it's at least a a thought that needs to cross your mind.
2: Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, All right, let's move uh, to the next game on the list here, and it is the Los Angeles Chargers at the New England Patriots. Um, John, where are we starting here with these two teams?
1: Um, we'll start with our favorite Bill Belichick and the you know, hating of all fantasy <laughs> football. <laughs> um, for me all year it's been, you know, Peppers, Duggar and actually um Juwan Bentley, obviously yeah. having a great season. Um But, you know, a very poor matchup for Bentley in this one. Um, So I don't love that, uh, obviously, for him. Um, Peppers has actually been the more consistent, scoring double digits in at least 9 of 11 games this year. Um, Duggar has some of the a few of the smash weeks this year, but mm-hmm. the consistency really hasn't been there. And God, I wish that guy just didn't play for new England. I, know. <laughs> I feel like he would be a, you know, a perennial top five IDP safety every week. If we could just get him away from Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he had a note in there about the JC Jackson revenge game. I'm a sucker for that, so <laughs> you know what I mean. I'll buy in, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't love here. Miles Miles Bryant's been solid this year at corner, yeah. so I haven't I haven't minded him too much. Um, amongst the defensive line, I know godshaw has been coming on for defensive tackle premium leagues, so um, he's a guy that I've been you know in some rough situations in <laughs> you know bye weeks, things like that, uh, injuries. I've I've kind of turned to time and time again, but um, not with any confidence that's for sure so um but yeah i mean i i don't think you're i mean if you have the ability to uh, again you know going to the buy and losing some big linebackers there you know probably not the option to sit bentley um definitely no other options on this team for sure in this matchup so but um you know i still think i'm probably in most cases rolling out both Peppers and Duggar this week, Um, you know, solid matchup there. I think the, you know, top half of the, you know, 14th overall the tackles and the safeties. I think you're going to get, you know, those guys are just going to play snaps and, and they're going to produce. So um, and then, you know, from a cornerback standpoint, I do like, you know, J.C. Jackson and Miles Bryant. If you're if you're kind of, uh, you know, looking for a cornerback required here, I, I don't think I would. I don't think there's a situation where I would put either of them in and just in your leagues where you're you're just DB only. uh, I wouldn't go that far. I don't love the matchup that much as much as it's kind of, uh, you know, it is a positive matchup. I I don't I don't think I would risk it. And I mean, there's nothing on the defensive line that excites me on the New England side.
0: yeah nothing on the defensive line for me either and yeah i'm with you i think just more for cb required leagues like jc jackson i have a cb 23 just because like you said fifth most tackles per game to the cornerback position uh from justin herbert and the chargers there and then yeah kyle duggar Jabril Peppers is definitely startable Juwan bentley it, again it's not a great matchup second fewest tackles per game to the linebacker position so bentley's like lb 31 for me so on that kind of lb3 range and that that's kind of where i'd keep him um for for the most part, and and again, even you know six teams on a buy depends who you've lost this week, um, but he could be another option for sure. Just as looking for those hundred percent snap guys, um, but yeah, that that is New England um, essentially. So let's talk about the Los Angeles Chargers uh, next here, and we've we talked about them being a pretty straightforward defense. So anything that stands out to you for this Chargers team that that's worth talking about this week?
1: Um. Is- I have in my notes is is Kenneth Murray officially him? Is he Yeah? Is he... <laughs> I mean the, he's he looked look like he was on his way out of the league and yeah. you know, something turned this year. I don't know if it was the Kendrick's injury or what it was, but he has been playing very well. I mean three, yeah. I think, twenty-five plus point games. Um seems like that he is very comfortable playing in that defense. Um made an an absolutely banger of a hit on Gus Edwards on oh, okay. uh, Sunday night that like that Kenneth Murray, I don't think we've seen since Oklahoma. So yeah. um, very exciting to kind of see him, you know, be in the running for a linebacker one season. So, um, uh, not a bad matchup there. Thirteen ball tackles to linebackers. <clears throat> Murray has been very consistent this season, so I like him there. Um, Khalil Mack, obviously, like you know the second, third, fourth coming, whatever it is. He's just the, <laughs> the, the just the stats. Getting I know the six sack oh, game, yeah. but it just seems like he is living in backfields this year. He's uh, amazing you know, kind of bringing up the point in, you know, I know we, we don't factor in age as much on the IDP side of things in fantasy football, especially dynasty. But I mean, fading some of these aging pass rushers is kind of being, a, you know, hurting us a little bit because some of these guys are having really good seasons really late into their career. So, um, you know, that's a, a guy with Bosa out, you know, I know we like Tuliapo as well, you know, from the, but I just think, Max stats right now are, you know, he's, he's turned into a, a weekly starter guy that you should be considering every single week where he was kind of a, you know, situational pass rusher. We thought in that, in that system, um, another guy I have there, I know the matchup isn't positive to the safety position, but, uh, Alohi Gilman has been really solid, back to back nine tackle games, uh, I think four straight double digit performances as well. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of alluded to, I had to check the numbers and he's actually not, but I know he's like posted. I think it's a career high uh, coverage grade this year, but um, the thought he would be playing a lot more coverage <laughs> than he actually does, <laughs> but um, not really. But I mean, he was, uh, he was all over the field against Baltimore last week. And um, I know it's coming at the price of Thurman James, you know, but uh, he's, he's been really solid and another guy that, is still probably out there on waiver wires in some leagues. So, um, he's he's a guy I kind of like this week. Um, don't love really much from the cornerback position, especially when uh, Mac Jones is or Bailey Zappi's throwing the ball on the other end, you're not going to get a ton of opportunities anyway. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's going to be Bailey Zappi. I, I changed the <laughs> matchup card, um, from, from Mac Jones because he wasn't even taking, um, pass reps um, in, in practice today. It was Bailey Zappi and uh, Malik Cunningham, I believe. So I, I took out uh, the Bailey, uh, the Mac Jones pressure to sack conversion rate numbers from the matchup card here. It's been, Those are Bailey Zappi's numbers Good. being represented on the screen for those watching on YouTube. So he's just uh, slightly above average as far as avoiding sacks. So he's been decent, but uh, small sample size, and it's not going to change anything for me for Khalil Mack, who's edge eight this week. He's just been unreal he, he's been so consistent now and, and and been excellent um but yeah i like the call there on alohi gilman um yeah nobody's really talking about him and he's been yeah he's been solid and i think he is so he, he has an 81.9 coverage grade like you said seven seventh among safeties and then an 83.4 uh overall grade which is sixth among safeties so He's been playing lights out. He's been amazing, um, which is really cool to see and, and somebody to kind of look at here for those uh, deeper leagues. But yeah, other than that, I mean, you pretty much uh, nailed the Chargers there. So I think we can uh, move on. Um, and before we do, actually, we'll give a quick shout out here to uh, our friends at Prize Picks. Um, Prize Picks is a skill based, real money, daily fantasy sports game. Uh, how does it work? You pick two to six players and if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry so Last week, um, we had, I think, De'Ron Bland over four and a half tackles. That one w- cleared easily, He pretty much doubled that, I think. And then, uh, unfortunately, DeMarcus Lawrence did not get a, even a half sack last week. So that was a bummer. And prize picks, I, I don't know what's going on. We don't have any defensive props up on, on the website right now. We got to get those, those up there here before the Thursday game, but uh, we'll see. Um, so basically, just repeating the the picks that we had on Tuesday's waiver Wire show with Nate and I, um, I, I got Ramondre Stevenson over 57 and a half rushing yards we saw him kind of take back the backfield this past week chargers not they're a bit about average against the run they're giving up 4.2 yards per carry um and, and then uh Ramondre stevenson too over 85 rushing yards in three straight games so 57 and a half uh, on that larger workload should be nice and then what nate's pick was deandre swift uh under 56 and a half rushing yards going against a very good um san francisco 49ers defense uh, especially against the run so at PrizePix, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. Go to prizepix.com slash fantasy. Use code PFFFantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepix.com slash fantasy And use code PFFFantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, John. Let's move to the Detroit Lions at the New Orleans Saints. Um It doesn't seem like we're going to have Alex Anzalone for his revenge game against the new Orleans saints, unfortunately. So um, it sounds like he's dealing with like a hand or a wrist injury, something like that. So um, the the only thing I could find is that he's expected to miss time. So it doesn't seem like he'll be ready for this game. So I think there's probably going to be hope uh, that we're going to get the first round rookie Jack Campbell in on a larger role. I, i'm i guess hesitant um and and i i kind of represent that in the rankings because he's lb 45 for me this week i'm just kind of waiting to see what it is because Derek barnes um has actually played ahead of campbell the past two weeks um which i think could be telling in how the lines are going to deploy these guys um while anzalone is out forever for however long that might be but It's also possible that neither player will be an every down linebacker and they'll deploy like a heavy rotation at the position with guys like jalen reeves maybin and and malcolm rodriguez working in there and that we've seen them do that as well but that that's kind of the part that has me kind of concerned about immediately plugging jack campbell into a lineup this week i don't know that he's going to be that 100 snap player Derek barnes i'd feel better about i have him as like lb 35 this week so really low end lb3 if you do need somebody In a very good matchup against the Saints, that's really the only reason that he's still technically startable um, in those three LB leagues. But um, the Saints given up the fourth most tackles per game to the linebacker position. So that's what I kind of like about Derek Barnes this week. Um, If you do have to trust somebody from Detroit, which I would suggest trying to avoid if you can. Um, And then, yeah, other than that, I mean, Brian Branch really solid. I, I got him as safety seven this week. Um, the Saints given up the ninth most tackles to the safety position. He's really the only one I, I, I want to trust the, uh, on a consistent basis there in Detroit. Tracy Walker, we've seen his snaps kind of go up and down as well. So not loving that. Um, Jerry Jacobs has been solid at corner, but I got him as CB 22. Aiden Hutchinson, I, I pretty much leaving him in lineups every week doesn't really matter um the matchup and and it is a decent matchup at least as far as the the offensive line goes for the saints um they they have been a bottom 10 team in pass blocking grade aiden hutchinson hopefully gets home with some sacks i know he hasn't quite delivered in that regard lately but the pass rush metrics and everything are still there for him Derek Carr's done a nice job avoiding sacks so that that makes it a little bit harder but aiden hutchinson still edge 11 for me this week um yeah. Anybody else from Detroit for you?
1: No, I. Um, I'd be curious. I don't have a ton of notes on this game. The coverage grades between Campbell and Barnes, because Kamara has been such a huge piece of the Saints' passing game, especially with them being just absolutely decimated at wide receiver. Is uh, kind of curious if I personally think Campbell's a better player, but yeah. um, I know like uh, Mike Waller. Was on Twitter earlier this week saying that it sounds like Barnes is probably going to get the green dot. So um, that would kind of lead you to believe that Campbell's going to stay in that kind of rotationary role. Um, The fact that you're bringing up names like Jalen Reeves Maven makes me want to follow up. So, um, but again, it's Dan Campbell, and he's been starting Alex Anzaloni for, you know, six years or so now. So, um, and not that that Anzalone hasn't been bad, but he's extremely average. (laughs) um, But yeah, uh, Branch, love Branch, Um, Tracy Walker, you know, that the peak value there, I think for like a sell point was probably one branch had missed those few games with the ankle. Yeah. Um, now that he's back and, you know, Kirby Joseph's in that lineup and it's just, it's, it's not great. The matchup's pretty good here. Um, But uh, Branch would be, you know, kind of the guy I would rely on the most. And it does feel like he's been a little bit too quiet. So it feels like it might be one of those big Hutch weeks, whether it be an impact play or, you know, a multiple sack game. But um, there isn't too much to like amongst that front seven of Detroit right now outside of, you know, Hutch and Anzalone when he was in there. Um, I think if we would get a little bit more consistent, like – rock solid that Campbell was going to get those snaps. I think this is potentially a week that you would, you know, love them with this matchup. But if it's going to be a rotation there, you're setting yourself up for failure. So...
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's why I just want to kind of avoid the group um this week. And yeah, it would be interesting hopefully yeah if Derek Barnes gets the green dot that that you know kind of secure him at least a decent chunk of playing time. That doesn't necessarily guarantee even an every down role, um but it, in a good matchup he could be like a desperation flyer here this week. And yeah, you you mentioned the uh the coverage grades between uh Derrick Barnes and Jack Campbell, so I did pull them up quickly here. Jack Campbell 40.6 coverage grade which is 77th among 78 linebackers so obviously second yes. last they're not great <laughs> um and then uh, derek barnes uh, 56.8 coverage grade so not amazing either by any means 56th among those 78 linebackers so yeah it's uh not a great group here right now. Obviously we still have faith in Campbell for, for dynasty purposes, and he's still very much a rookie. So the, 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 there's going to be some growing pains there. We have faith in him um, kind of getting better as uh, his career goes along, but let's move to the new Orleans saints side of things. And I don't have a ton on new Orleans because I mean, I guess the, the only thing really is the, the, the lines are giving up the six most tackles per game to the linebacker position. I've talked about the new Orleans saints linebackers for a few weeks in a row and how inefficient they've been. And they they've continued to be, you know, Demar Davis was doing a little bit better there for a little bit, but then again, just, you know, drop back down again last week. I, I have him as LB 22, just being an every down linebacker in a really great matchup. It's hard to kind of bench those guys unless you have some really great options. Pete Warner. I have even lower. I have his LB 28. He's, been really disappointing pete werner i I really liked him um as after his rookie season he was one of the highest graded run defenders in the league he was doing everything right um and he was always in position to make tackles and this year been one of the most inefficient tacklers so not sure what happened there you know change in defensive coordinator or whatever it was but uh, yeah not loving pete werner as much as i thought i would um this season tyron matthew Also in a nice matchup here uh, for the Saints safeties, the the Lions giving up the fourth most tackles per game to the safety position. Tyron Matthew, another guy, not a very efficient tackler either. Did get a couple picks last week, so that definitely helped him. But um, yeah, not, not a ton to love here for the Saints IDPs. Other than probably Carl Granderson, who has been uh, incredible this year. I think of him as edge 14, uh, not a great mass matchup for pass rushing purposes because the Lions offensive line has been really great pass blockers. Jared Goff doesn't take a lot of sacks, even though Rashawn Gary got to him three times, um, on Thanksgiving overall, he he's been very good at avoiding sacks and, um, yeah, it's it's at least a good matchup for for potential tackle floor. So I like Carl Granderson. Cameron Jordan left last game with like an ankle injury or something like that. So um we'll see if he's able to go or not, but it would basically be Carl Granderson for me. Um yeah, how about you?
1: Yeah, the Saints are have been flirting with it for a few years now on borrowed time, keeping the DeMario Davis's, the Tyron Matthews, the yeah. um you know, Cam Jordans, you know, yeah. you it is nice, you know, like we Thought the world of Pete Warner last year. He has been like shockingly awful mm-hmm. this year, like to the point where, like, you, I mean, if you have him as which I did a couple, you know, at least one startup this year was like a, a linebacker two or three. You were comfortable with him in that role. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's, not even worthy of like a linebacker four at this point he's been so bad um demario davis you can't expect much of he was you know kind of on that Quan alexander you know <laughs> that type of thing <laughs> levante david where you're like nobody wants this guy he's still pretty decent and like you said he had like those few weeks there where you're like all right we're gonna get one of those seasons out of demario and then you know just kind of coming back down to earth um I had a little bit more hope for Marcus May, too. I know he, he dealt with the suspension, and he just hasn't been kind of as we expected um and then you know um i think Alante taylor's been pretty solid at corner yeah. but um you know not a great matchup here and you know granderson's been great you know great you know i think a lot of us had kind of called out a potential breakout for him because we had mm-hmm. kind of seen it come in especially with davenport kind of fully out of the picture now and not having to deal with his injuries and in and out of the lineup so um but yeah really disappointing Saints defense this year from an IDP perspective. There hasn't been like a whole lot there. Uh, Tyron Matthew, you know, I think a, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would guarantee a big bulk of his production is strictly on impact plays. I think he had the pick yeah. six against New England. He had two picks last week. It's, you know, Tyron Matthew, again, is just never going to be one of those guys who's going to be a high volume tackler. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, at this point, he is worthy of at least a stream here and there because of the impact plays. But um, yeah, not, I mean, as as much as the favorable matchup from a tackle perspective to linebacker and safety, it's just like, those guys haven't shown us enough where we're comfortable in week 13, starting them in our, in our lineups, you know? So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you there. Um, All right. Let's move to the next game on the list. It is the Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay
1: Buccaneers. Uh, Where do you want to start with this one, John? Uh, we'll start on the Tampa Bay side. Um, obviously, Devin White, that regression from <laughs> linebacker one season overall is just, you know, full full tank mode at this point. Um, uh, Savorsky Dennis, nice last week. I think uh, eight tackles over his last 80 snaps, yeah. but I did believe – I mean, I think this entire Tampa Bay defense has a questionable tag with them this week, at least all the yeah. relevant IDPs. So, yeah. Um, Antoine Winfield probably a smash matchup for him, you know, tenth most uh, tackles per game to safeties that Carolina is allowing. Um but uh Ryan Neal, you know, the the, the dips and snaps there is, is a bit shocking, you know, I know he's been he's been solid. Um, I think he dealt with an injury there too. Um uh the cornerback matchup I like too with Carlton Davis and I think the potential of Jamal Dean to be back, you know, obviously it being so early in the week, I don't, we can't really speak with certainty there, but um, if those guys are back, I mean, that's, that's a solid matchup. Um, be interested to see what happens now with that dumpster fire of Carolina. You know how this typically works, you know, you fire a coach and, you know, the offense has this 30 point output. So um, <laughs> if, if Carolina is going to do that, it's definitely going to be through there because they're atrocious backfield so uh could be a, a sneaky good week for i mean i would definitely have more faith in carlton davis at this point but if if dean is deemed active i think he's definitely um especially in cornerback required a guy that you're you're definitely trying to put some stock into um among that uh front i know the tackles aren't really there from a uh, matchup standpoint from the carolina mm-hmm. side but um uh Joe Tyron, Troy, Shoyinka had a big game last week. I think Shaq Barrett's, you know, kind of been good in spots. Um, mm-hmm. This is probably a a good matchup for those guys if you're, especially if you're trying to replace some, you know, some top edges that might be on the the buy this week. So, um, I I really hope Savoie Dennis plays because it doesn't sound like uh, Levante David will. Doesn't look like he didn't even. Participate in walkthroughs. So, um, uh, KJ Britt, I don't have a ton of faith in. It doesn't seem like they're, you know, they want to play him unless it's going to be in a, an emergency situation there. So, um, I did like Dennis at Pitt. So it would be, I'd be curious to see how how that goes if he can stay on the field and kind of uh, work alongside Devin White, who I know is also injured there with the hip. So, um, definitely would have expected some some more. Maybe some of those bigger games that we've seen from White in the past, but it just, I don't know if it's the injury or just the fact that he's not as good as we expected him to be, but, you know, kind of a a big letdown with him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, White, I, I don't know what's going on yet. He is he is the lowest uh graded linebacker this season, 39.2 overall um out of 79 linebackers. He's dead last. So um <laughs> former fifth overall pick, uh not quite living up to that. And he really hasn't it, it basically his entire career, right? So um yeah, not loving that from Devin White. I think he nailed everything else too. I love the cornerbacks. Um it will see if Jamel Dean can play or not. Levante David, like you said, didn't practice today, so not a great sign. We'll see what happens here the rest of the week, but um, otherwise, Servassi Dennis, hopefully, he's healthy, like you said. Um, and then on the Carolina side of things, um, I guess I mean, I'll start us off here just um, it, Brian Burns. Uh, I have his edge seven this week. It's again, it's not like the best matchup. Brian Burns hasn't been amazing by any means, but um, I will say, like. Baker Mayfield, we, we always give him credit for being a, doing a nice job avoiding sacks this season. He had one of the top five um, pressure-to-sack conversion rates in the league, at five best, I should say, um, at 14% going into last week. Um, but then the Colts uh, of all team who, who are one of the highest sack converting teams in the league somehow, um, landed six, six sacks on him. So he had a pressure to sack conversion rate in that game of 60%. <laughs> so, um, it wasn't great for Baker Mayfield last week. So we'll see if that is an outlier, if it becomes a trend, either way, Panthers don't have a lot of pass rushers on that defensive line. It is literally Brian Burns and that, that, that's it. Derek Brown. On the interior, not much of a pass rusher there, more of a tackler, and he leads all defensive linemen in tackle efficiency um, who have played at least 50% of snaps at 10.9%. So for you, anything on the the Carolina side that, uh, that you want to go into here?
1: No, I would say that the NFC South is (laughs) a killer to IDP managers. There's just been very little consistency there. Um, Frankie Lou is going to be in your lineups every week. You know, he's really the only one of any type of IDP relevance. Um, I think you hit it with Burns. the The numbers really aren't great but he's getting he's getting to the quarterback he's getting those stacks, so um he's still a fantastic edge so he's going to be in your lineup um derek brown has been very very good this year especially in defensive tackle premium i know I'm, i've been riding him in a few idp only leagues um this year and it's been kind of a a nice surprise there but um you know von bell xavier woods this guys getting hurt like it's just there's just it's really has been a letdown this year so um uh, yeah i would say i mean when we're looking at the Atlanta Falcons as like the top IDP team in the, that division and <laughs> kind of speaking about how much Arthur Smith hates fantasy football. Oh, it's man. just like, you know, it's 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 been a rough year in that division trying to trying to figure it out yeah
0: it's uh it's not good like you said and yeah people were were upset with frankie louvu last week he kind of ghosted idp managers with like a two tackle game whatever it was but he played every snap um last week so nothing to be concerned about at least going forward there um he should have a better week this week even like a neutral matchup here but yeah like you said von bell left the game last week um he's questionable right now so maybe like an alex cook would be an option but again it's not a good matchup tampa bay giving up the 29th most tackles to safety so we're we're just kind of avoiding this uh this whole situation here um all right let's go to oh here we go there's a good game uh game of the week (laughs) Uh, um san francisco 49ers at the philadelphia eagles and we'll start with the uh eagles linebackers here because No N'Kobe Dean, obviously on IR, and likely no Zach Cunningham either. He left last game with an injury. So the Eagles are down to Nicholas Morrow and Christian Ellis right now. This is, yeah, this is a tough situation here because Morrow's been okay in spots. We haven't really seen a big enough sample size from Christian Ellis. Probably not going to be an every down role for Christian Ellis. So I have him as LB39 this week. Nicholas Morrow, I feel a little bit better about, uh, it's a neutral matchup essentially for tackles per game to the linebacker position, but he's, LB be 25 for me. There's just a few other guys that I like a little bit better, um, the IDPs that I really like this week uh, for the Eagles, though, are their safeties, uh, Kevin Byard and Reed Blankenship. They have been uh, excellent all season long, and um, the 49ers are giving up the most tackles per game to the safety position, um, just ahead of the team that they're playing against, the Philadelphia Eagles. And then um, they're they're giving up actually the fewest tackles per game to the cornerback position, so don't love it for Darius Slave, James Bradbury, but... Um, Also a nice matchup on the Eagles side of things. Sasan Reddick, uh, who has been awesome all season long. He should avoid Trent Williams this week, um, the 49ers left tackle, who is one of the best in the leagues, which means he should get Colton McKivitz. Um Purdy, Brock Purdy, not giving up a ton of sacks so far this season, but Hassan Reddick has been just been able to get home. He's been able to deliver. He's been awesome. Um, So I have him as edge nine this week, but the other guys like Josh Sweat, I have his edge 25. He he does draw Trent Williams this week, plus the combination of Brock Purdy um, doing a good job at avoiding sacks makes it a little tougher for him. Um, What does help is that the 49ers are giving up, giving up the sixth most tackles per game to the defensive line uh, position. So um, guys like maybe Jalen Carter, for example, have a little bit of a better uh, production floor as well. So I have him as DT 12 this week, but um, anything that I missed there for the Eagle side of things for you?
1: No, I'll just speak on the the linebacker portion there. No, Zach Cunningham's going to be a killer. Uh, I don't think Ellis is very good. Um, Nick Morrow, I do actually like. He reminds me a lot of Anthony Hitchens, you know, when he was kind of in the game for a few years where a linebacker that can play any of the the, the three positions there. But a bit concerning that 23 of his 47 total tackles of the year came in two two games. I think he had an 11 tackle game and a, yeah. a 12 tackle game last week. Um, <clears throat> obviously a, a 50 point performance on his resume <laughs> is uh, <laughs> obviously pretty big. I think he led, led the team in tackles had a few yeah. impact plays there um, <clears throat> hit it with now on the head with Byard and Blankenship. Those guys are smash starts. You know, it just doesn't really, they almost see matchup proof at this point, yeah. you know, Kevin Byard, it doesn't matter where he's going to play. He's going to play every single snap and he's going to do it pretty well. So, um, uh yeah, complete fade on the cornerback position. I we'll don't want any part of that. Um from the defensive <laughs> lineman position, uh yeah, I mean your defensive tackle premium. I mean Jalen Carter name value alone and just being watching that guy in a primetime matchup is, is extremely fun. <laughs> so uh, you're going to want him in your lineups. Um, I do. I mean, I do like a little bit of sweat and Reddick this, this week. Um, I don't love meshing up against Trent Williams, but I think the, um, you know, the, the six most tackles allowed to defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, San Fran's going to want to run the ball because that's what they do. Um, <clears throat> there's still going to be some opportunities there for sweat to kind of stop a few of those stretch plays and those zone reads. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not super confident on it, but I don't think he's a complete fade for me, even though Trent Williams is, you know, getting that recognition that he deserves of being potentially the best player in all of football right now. So, yeah. um, at least from his own teammates. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, I think this is a situation, just to kind of circle back to the, the opener there, is that I think if Darius Leonard, Shaq Leonard, I should say, somehow makes his way into that Philly facility and leaves without a contract, I think that's, uh, you know, a big mistake on their part cause some of the depth that Philly let go is really what's going to haunt them or is haunting them on the defensive side. They are getting away with it you know, with some of these close wins on offense, but, uh, you know, uh, a TJ Edwards type linebacker, you know, just having one of those type guys is makes all the world of difference. I mean, we see the season that Zach Cunningham is having when he was been left for dead, you know, by multiple teams. So, um, yeah. it is kind of nice. Um, I think if you're looking for a linebacker there in and in at least so, so matchup, I don't mind Morrow. I think he's probably going to be the one that's trusted the most there. Um, N'Kobe Dean's a, you know, really, really sad for IDP managers because, this was going to be the year so
0: <laughs> yeah 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 still hope for dean for for dynasty purposes obviously because they have nobody else i still can't believe they let tj edwards go um but yeah it always helps when you get uh jalen carter at the ninth overall pick and he's already the the second highest graded <laughs> uh defensive tackle uh, as a rookie here which is just insane um he's been unreal and then yeah let's go to the uh the 49ers side of things here um and i guess starting with I mean, look, I don't have to talk about their linebackers, Fred Warner, Drake Green, while we're starting them. Um, Doesn't really matter the matchup. Like I said, Eagles giving up the second most tackles per game to the safety position. So Jair Brown is kind of interesting. I know he had a quieter week in his first um, week (coughs) replacing Talanoa Hufanga last week. Um, But I got him a safety 14 this week. Strictly because of the matchup, I think there's potential there um, for him to be a nice streaming option and have his first big game um, of his career, basically here against the Eagles in what should be a, a very high-scoring <clears throat> game. Well, at least high offense kind of game. So there's there's going to be involvement there for for Brown, I think, and the safeties. So like him, um I mean, yeah. Other than that, I mean, uh, Nick Bosa. What else do I got to say? It doesn't really matter matchup for him either. You're starting him, Chase Young. I have as edge 17. It sounds like Lane Johnson is probably going to be back this week at right tackle. The other option on the other side is Jordan Mailata. They're, these guys are really good uh, offensive tackles, so makes it a little bit tougher. But Chase Young has been really solid this season, um, so still like him in that, that edge two range. But he's come a little bit lower for me um, this week, or at least he's been a little bit lower for me with the uh, with the 49ers since he's gone over there because um, the snaps haven't quite been the same that, that they were in Washington. Um, so that that that's kind of hurt him and he's dropped a little bit in my rankings, but still like Chase Young quite a bit and what he's done this year. And then um, other than that, Javon Hargrave revenge game here. Uh, another one here going against uh, the Eagles. We, we could see him have a hopefully a potentially nice game, um, even though it isn't one of the be- the better matchups for um for for pass rushing purposes but um the eagles are giving up or the 49ers are yeah no the eagles are giving up the the, the 10th most tackles per game to the defensive line position so maybe there's some hope there for javon hargrave even though he's not really a, a tackling defensive tackle um there's still at least a nice floor to be had if he can do it um anything else for you for the 49ers
1: no i think you you hit it there you're not <clears throat> you know, nothing changes your opinion when you have all world linebacker like Fred Warner, <laughs> you know I mean? So, um, Jair Brown, I, I definitely think, you know, it's going to take some time, you know, replacing Hafunga and, and kind of what he brings even from an energy level to that defense, to that secondary is, you know, not something that you're going to replace overnight, but I do think I like him and, you know, he's going to, he's going to be fine, you know, um, <clears throat> as far as defensive line, Hargrave is where I was going. You know, some of the revenge game stuff and the fact that you know, I don't Philly hasn't looked as, as good as you know, I think the record shows if, if we will on, sure. on that side of it. So um, Jalen Hurts has been a little bit turnover prone. So um, especially when it comes to fumbling the ball in, in the backfield and stuff. So um, Hargrave can find a way to kind of get some penetration maybe live in that backfield. I know his, his, uh, his tackle numbers haven't been that that good but when you got Nick Bosa over there is probably gonna beat on that tackle (laughs) Um, you know uh there's you know there's gonna be an opportunity there to kind of get maybe some cleanup sacks so um or some pressures in there who knows um but yeah not a ton to like on the Sam Fran side I don't I mean I love Chase Young I, I wish the best for him I think that that move was obviously just for a, a win-now move for San Francisco. Yeah. Low risk, high reward there. Um, we're going to see Chase Young play somewhere else next year. But, um, you know, uh, hopefully he can kind of turn in a couple good games down the stretch and, and show us what he's made of. It's it's nice to see him and Bosa back together, but I, I don't think we're yet to see that game of what those guys are capable of. So, you know, who knows? I know they're they've been, you know pretty pissed off since that nfc championship debacle last year so if they can make it through that game i, I could see you know San fran winning that game on on defense which i know is something that they would love to do so
0: yeah yeah it's gonna be a fun one i'm, re- I'm really looking forward to that game um but let's move on to a game that i'm uh, maybe not as excited about here <laughs> uh the, the cleveland browns at the los angeles rams uh where do you want to start with uh, with these two teams
1: Um, we can start with the Rams, um, Ernest Jones back there. Um, obviously the, the Browns averaging the, allowing the most tackles per game. Um, it does really kind of suck that this Rams system is a one linebacker system. (laughs) You know, it doesn't seem like they're going to, uh, you know, even Ernest Jones kind of playing, you know, Robin there to, uh. Bobby Wagner last year, it's just, you know, it doesn't seem like it's a a system that two linebackers are going to thrive in consistently. So, um, Ernest Jones, I know I've been dealing with that knee or ankle, I think almost all year off and on, but, um, seems like he's back. I know we, we, kind of had a Twitter exchange this week about the Rams resting their starters mm-hmm. last week. Um, don't expect that in this probably <laughs> ugly, <laughs> ugly game. Um, but yeah, plus matchup there. Ernest Jones is, you know, obviously all the numbers point to that being the start of the week there amongst linebackers. Um Safety position. Um, the Rams don't give you a lot there. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, I know we had hope for Russ East, who was, you know, kind of uh, waiver wire darling there preseason. It's just been a little roller coaster. Um, linebacker, I know Kendrick's been playing really well as of late, but I mean, you're looking at probably Joe Flacco uh, from what it sounds like. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that does to the Browns. Passing game, but um, I, I find it probably very hard to believe how late in the game he took that hit and the the gruesomeness of it that uh, DTR ends up playing this week. So um, I would yeah. expect it to be pretty ugly there. Um, obviously, the 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 defensive line is also a money matchup there for the Rams. You know, Aaron Donald, you're never gonna not start, especially in a defensive tackle premium. Um, Byron Young, I, I know, has been very good in spots this season. Um, so. I don't, I don't love anyone there, but I think when you're looking at some of those situations that we've spoken before, where you're looking at defensive line and you're looking between Seattle and the Colts and some of these teams that just have a lot of guys who just kind of rotate in there. Uh, obviously, having a matchup with a team along the most tackles to defensive lineman, um, especially in the late window, this might be one that you wanna, you know, you know, start one of these guys instead of an early matchup where you're you're not. Cons- you know consistently going to get that production so um aaron donald's not going to be a, a guy that's going to be available to you <laughs> whatever <laughs> he's on he's staying on but um yeah. you know uh, i think michael hoyt so a couple guys like that might be available so um he might be able to pick up like one of those guys to get you some some late production but i don't love this matchup overall
0: yeah. And e- even like for DT required leagues, just for tackle purposes, the rookie uh, Kobe Turner has been, yeah. has been really solid as well. Right. So um, yeah, I, I think you nailed it. I mean, Ernest Jones is LB two for me uh, this week. Like you said, um, <laughs> I think it was how dare a five and 16 rest their starters. Um, that that <laughs> definitely made me laugh. Um, uh, so on the uh, Cleveland side of the ball. Um, yeah. Miles Garrett, Dealing with a shoulder injury. He's they said he's day-to-day, and it also sounds like he definitely has some structural damage um, to his shoulder, but he's determined to play through it. So we'll see what that looks like on the field. It's still Miles Garrett, so. <laughs> I don't know how you bench him. You, you probably can't if he's playing. He, this guy's like a, a superhuman, so you know, shoulder injury for him is not is probably more like a stub toe for us. I'm assuming, uh, which is why he's he's trying to play through it. The guy's not human, so he's looking to win Defensive Player of the Year this year. So I, I can't imagine that he's going to want to sit. So. Hopefully, he can continue to play at a high level. He's going up against Alaric Jackson, uh, the left tackle there for the the Rams' 59.6 pass block grade. Hasn't been amazing um, by any means, so not a bad matchup um, for him as far as pass rushing goes, but other than that, I mean, the Browns are just a weird team for for idp purposes right like we like grant Delpit obviously at safety but how about did you have any trust in the the cleveland linebackers this week especially assuming if anthony walker's back in the lineup from his hamstring injury
1: no this linebackers room is sucks like yeah. good players but just like the, the usage isn't there uh um i know jok last week with 12 tackles was huge but it's just i mean it's just, I think you're setting yourself up for failure in some of these situations and especially one where you got a team allowing the 25th most tackles to linebackers um, in a situation that you really don't trust on a week to week basis and maybe even in a plus matchup. I mean, this is just kind of, uh, you know, I mean, like you would have to be really desperate here. So, yeah
0: yeah a hundred percent um all right let's move to to sunday night football here as we we get close to wrapping this thing up it is the kansas city chiefs at the green bay packers and let's start with the Packers side of things um rashan gary is the is the player i think i i want to start with here because i i talked about not loving his matchup last week and all he did was deliver three sacks plus a forced fumble in there um, <laughs> So that that really made me look stupid, which sucks because I loved Rashawn Gary all season long. And of course, the one time I'm like, not as much this week. I think I still had him as like edge 14 or something, but I was hesitant um, about putting him into lineups. Um. For, for those shallower leagues. And and yeah, he delivered in a big way. But they also moved him to the right side of the uh, the defensive line as well to avoid Penny Sewell, which is something they haven't really done all year. They've always kept him on kind of the left side of the defensive line. So um, they did move him a, a, around, which could be a key for him kind of going forward for those teams going up against teams with elite pass blocking um, offensive tackles. And not that the chiefs have any of those uh, elite offensive tackles by any means, but he is still going against the, the, the toughest quarterback to sack in the league and Patrick Mahomes this week. So still just outside that top 12 for me, uh, Rashawn Gary at edge 13, but he's one of those players that has just been uh, again, so dominant. He looks so good out there and uh, yeah, he, he's tough to bench and when you do, he puts up a, a three sack performance. So that is uh that could be a killer for you. Um, Other than that, the Packers, I mean, Devondre Campbell is questionable. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, if he can't go, ideally, you'd have Isaiah McDuffie because this is one of the later games, obviously, Sunday Night Football. Otherwise, if there's no clear news, you might want to just avoid uh, Devondre Campbell, put in somebody from the earlier games uh, and Quay Walker's LB10 for me this week. Um, it's a it's a fairly neutral matchup for linebackers, but um, still like Quay Walker quite a bit. And then figuring out the safety position, Jonathan Owens and Anthony Johnson Jr. were the starters last week, but Rudy Ford and Darnell Savage were out. Darnell Savage could potentially return from IR this week. Rudy Ford could potentially return from injuries. So. Definitely have to pay attention to injury reports and practice reports leading up into this game because if those guys are back, it could hurt the playing time for a Jonathan Owens or especially an Anthony Johnson Jr. If only one of them is back, still feel pretty good about Owens being in the lineup. Uh, Otherwise, we may have to kind of uh, really pay attention here if you're banking on starting Jonathan Owens specifically. Um, But yeah, anything else for Green Bay for you?
1: No, I know Devondre Campbell and Clay Walker just can't seem to play together this season. Yeah. So we've seen a lot of Isaiah McDuffie, which has led to four 10-plus tackle games. That's what Isaiah McDuffie is going to give you. That's what he was in college. He's a tackling machine. He's going to tackle whatever moves. Um, he's probably not a guy that you want out there covering anybody at all. But um, <laughs> if the, if there's a ball carrier in the area, he's going to get him to the ground. So um, I, I have a... a Ton of shares of either Campbell or Walker, probably more on the Walker side. Um, McDuff McDuffie has been a guy I've been picked up for insurance and has been a very, very good asset all year. Um, Jonathan Owens was a smash start for me last, last week and he did not disappoint, thankfully. Um, I don't, I've never been a Darnell Savage fan. I don't know how even when he comes back, I mean, I think Owens has eight tackles in four straight games. Um, he's the better player been um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from a cornerback perspective, uh, Kaishan Jackson or Nixon, sorry. Mm-hmm. He's been okay in spots. Um, hasn't been too bad, especially from like a tackling standpoint. Um, Rashawn Gary just got you. Cause it's Ohio state. It was Ohio state, Michigan week. He's, you know, he's <laughs> you Michigan go. guy coming go. back home. He wanted to put on a show. There you <laughs> um, go. But, yeah, it is really tough. And, I mean, going back to the Harold Landry point, too, sometimes when these guys miss a season for an ACL or something like that, it just takes time to get back and get the trust back. And um, I I don't really know, but you don't ever expect those blow-up games. Sometimes I'll, I'll write those up in my article to the point where I know, like, I'm almost doing it sacrilegiously to hope that he has a blow-up <laughs> game because I'm still starting him somewhere. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't there isn't too much out, outside of that. I think, you know, assuming Campbell misses time, I think McDuffie's probably in your lineup every week, you know, this week. And um as far as Owens, I mean, unless we get some clear positive news on Savage, I think Owens has been good enough that he should be in your lineup as well. And then mm-hmm. amongst that defensive line position. Um, I just don't see you sitting Rashaun Gary at any point after uh, that Thanksgiving no. showing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely hard to just sit him after that. Um, how about on the Kansas City side? So Kansas City, they did open the practice window for Nick Bolton, um, which is interesting. So I doubt that he plays this week, but at least nearing a return here. So still safe to start Drew Tranquil up until Nick Bolton returns. Once Nick Bolton is back in the lineup, I don't think you're starting Drew Tranquil at that point. So um we've just seen that that usage obviously be too clear there for for the way Kansas City uses these guys. So um other than that Justin Reed the only startable safety really on the low end safety two side for me. McDuffie and Sneed at cornerback have been really solid. Uh Chris Jones obviously DT required even defensive line leagues he he has been he's too much of a blow up threat that he's, you know, where he could get those multi sack games. So he stays in lineups, but the one player I did want to kind of highlight was George Karloftis. Um, I have him as edge six edge 16 this week. He's been a really consistent like IDP option on the edge this season, despite not having like elite pass rush metrics, still having a better year than his rookie season. He's improved his pass rush grade to 649 pressure rate, 15.6 win rate, 12.3. Like those are significant increases from his rookie year, which is really promising for car um, he's also averaging a very strong 77% snap share on the year, which is uh, helps his production floor. Um, so you like to see that as well. He's going up against uh, Zach Tom, the right tackle there for Green Bay, which isn't an easy matchup. He's been pretty good, but what helps him too, at least for that production floor again and the playing time is that the Packers are yielding 18.3 tackles per game to the defensive line position. So seventh most uh, in the league, which definitely helps like a high volume IDP like a Carl Loftus as well. So wanted to kind of highlight him this there because he's he's been having a nice year, but uh, anybody else on Kansas City that you want to talk about before we go to the last game?
1: No, I know, uh, spags. Kind of spagnola playing guys that at that, that rate of snap share is really mm-hmm. just due to injury. But like it's it's wild that Karloftis is kind of yeah. like sporting some of those numbers. Um tranquil, you know, you're you're starting until Bolton gets back. I think you're probably they're probably yeah. looking for Bolton to come back for the Buffalo game, obviously, which would be a huge one. Um but Tranquil, nine straight games of ten fantasy points or more. Um yeah. Justin Reed, another one you hit it there. I know the matchup's not great, but he's had fifteen fantasy points in each of the last two games. So so that's a solid start there. Um Green Bay has been red hot with kind of two big wins there over the Chargers and then the Lions, but uh that probably stops this week in a pretty ugly game. The Chiefs defense seems to kind of put the clamps on everyone. Um yeah. so I don't love the matchup there. Um I do like, I think if I'm if I'm going anywhere, it's amongst the defensive line. I think you know some of those we spoke about, some of those like, hey, who am I going to start? Why not go to a primetime matchup? Oh, Mike Dana has been really. Solid in spots this year. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't expect a huge game from him, but um, Chris Jones is never quiet, especially in these primetime <laughs> matchups. So uh, he's going to cause some problems. And, you know, I love everything he said about Karloftis. You know, that was a, a big hit for a lot of IDP managers and obviously the yeah. Chiefs, too. Um, a player that I don't think a lot of people were expecting a ton from, but has been very, very good. You know, not even full two seasons in. Um, hate the Chiefs for what (laughs) not keeping Nick Bolton healthy (laughs) because this was supposed to be his linebacker one season overall, but uh, you know, we, we live and we learn on those, (laughs) but um, yeah, yeah, uh, not, not a ton to love there in a matchup like this. I don't expect Green Bay to can continue to move the ball that well um getting aaron jones back might be big but i'm not 100 percent sure that that happens either mm-hmm. if they roll into there with the same offense that they rolled in against detroit it's i think it's going to be a vastly different game so yeah. um and that one being uh at home on sunday night football you know it's going to be a lot of chris collinsworth patrick mahomes love so might be a, <laughs> might be a blowout potential there as well
2: <laughs> i like it
0: i like it um uh... All right. Let's go to the last game of the week, Monday night football. It is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Cincinnati or no Cincinnati Bengals at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, uh, Where do you want to start with uh, with these two teams?
1: I'll start with Jacksonville. Um, I know a lot of these matchups aren't very good. Uh, Jacksonville allowing bottom five to linebackers and defensive linemen alike, you know, kind of in the bottom half of the league there against uh, DBs as well. So um, there isn't a, a ton there. Um, Devin Lloyd has been kind of surprising this year, uh, better than expected considering, I think, at one point Chad Mumu was supposed to take his job either end of last season or beginning of this season. But uh, I think Lloyd has a uh, double-digit fantasy points in eight of nine games this year. So um, he's been really uh, kind of a pleasant surprise there. I don't need to talk about Ola Koon. He's all world. You know what I mean? You're never going to sit that guy. Um, Trayvon Walker has been kind of very poor this year. It's been a little bit disappointing. Um, Josh Allen, another guy. It doesn't really matter if, you know, the opposing team doesn't allow a single sack all year. That guy's going to find a way to cause havoc. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, not a ton there. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins is a guy that I've been riding for years here, getting him off waiver wires, but, uh, he's been, you know, very inconsistent. And, uh, I do like the combo of him and Cisco. And of course when my, my boy Antonio Johnson gets on the field at some point, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, there isn't a, a ton to like on that side of it. And then, you know, with our first full sample size, you know, four quarters worth of Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals offense last week leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> so. Yeah,
0: that was tough. That was tough. And, and, and at least should be good for, for Josh Allen. Um, like you said, the Bengals, the, the sixth worst pass blocking unit in the league, Browning already taking sacks at a very high rate, 32% pressure to sack conversion rate, which is 12 sacks. And Josh Allen has 12 sacks on the year, which is a career high for him, which is awesome to see. And like you said, Foyer, Devin Lloyd, they're starting. Rayshon Jenkins kind of in that low-end safety two range this week. But on the Cincinnati side of things, it is a different story. A nicer matchup here for the linebackers, right? So second most tackles per game to the linebacker position. Um, So Logan Wilson, who is questionable. so he left last game with a sprained ankle um, really late in the game. So if he's playing, obviously you love him. Ideally you would have like a Jermaine Pratt or a Keem Davis Gaither available to you just as a backup. I mean, Pratt probably not as widely available as the Davis Gaither, but um, There's at least Davis Gaither not rostered in a ton of leagues where you can pivot there and you're not going to get an every down player, but it's at least a strong enough matchup for the linebacker position that he could be somebody that you're able to plug in if you're waiting on Logan Wilson up until the last minute where where he's announced as inactive or or active. Um, But I have him as LB3 right now, assuming he plays, which we don't know for sure if he will. Um, it's not a great matchup for safeties, 28th, most tackles per game to the safety position. Still like Dax Hill. He's been awesome. Jordan battle. I I like, we we've talked about Jordan battle, obviously this off season, but, um, They haven't quite given him the full reins of an every down roll just yet. That's been the only thing. Nick Scott still somehow working in there, which is concerning. But Jordan Battle, 86% two weeks ago, 83% last week. So not an every down roll. That's the only thing. Once he gets that 100% roll, he's another player that we might be able to trust here. Um, Jaguars are also giving up the most tackles per game. to the cornerback position, Cam Taylor Britt, also questionable but a really good idp option um he would be cb2 for me this week if he does play mike hilton also definitely a startable option um and then yeah their defensive line guys i mean trey Hendricks and sam hubbard have been excellent that you, you playing those guys for the most part but anybody else on the bengal side of things for you
1: no, I love your point about. I mean, if I'm the, if you're the manager who has Logan Wilson at that point, I think your pivot move there is to pick up Davis Gaither. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't think you're going to see Jermaine Pratt available, and and outside of yeah. you know, very, very, very. You know thin leagues. Um, I do think the uh, a good point on Jordan Battle as well. It reeks of the Dax Hill situation from a year ago. Is when you know maybe this time next year, you know, getting Dax Hill and Battle in there on ninety to one hundred percent of the snaps is what we want to see and probably what's going to be best for their defense as well. Um, according to Sleeper, and I don't know. I know it's early in the week, but it sounds like Cam Taylor, Britt's going to be inactive. So mm-hmm. I think that's, um, you know, probably, obviously, uh, Hilton, yeah. I, I like the point on Hilton. I think uh, over 15 fantasy points in four of the last five. So um, that's big. I mean, obviously, with the fact that Cincinnati's kind of being crippled on throwing the ball, it's probably yeah. not going to help his numbers a ton. And I'm um, absolutely, like, over the moon happy for you know Trey Hendrickson, and um, I think only two games this season without at least a half sack. Yeah, he has just been, been awesome. Like so, um, you know, like Josh Allen alike. Like it's really nice to see like those like good guys on the league putting up like those. Really career type years. Um, it is a really good matchup for the Cincinnati defense and in a, a few different levels there. It's about kind of picking the right guys there. So um, Davis Gaither is a great pivot if Logan Wilson is not to play, and it's nice that it's in the same game because if you know you're you're up against it, at least you have a guy there. Um, and from the a cornerback position, as great of a position as a you know matchup that that is, is I don't know how much I trust the Cincinnati offense to get first downs in a game like this when you're playing against a jacksonville unit who is extremely efficient at getting first downs and moving the chains so um but yeah yeah, um overall was a lot more excited for this game prior to the burrow injury (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah yeah i think a lot of people were unfortunately and uh, yeah this has been the story of the season with all these quarterback injuries um Well, yeah, that, that's pretty much going to do it for us. Uh, we, we go a little bit longer. We went about two hours, but Hey, we, when we get the John cast going, we're talking IDPs. Um, (laughs) we definitely, uh, we get to Gavin and we got lots of information to give here. So, um, thank you very much to everybody for for tuning in and and for listening again if you're on the youtube um please like and subscribe uh to the pff fantasy youtube channel it is a huge huge help for us uh and most of all a big thank you to the great john glosser john i can't thank you enough for coming on the show i really do appreciate giving up such a big chunk of your night tonight
1: no problem thanks for uh thanks for having me on you know i'd love to sit there and talk football with you a little sometimes maybe in this forum a little too much maybe they want us back to just talking rookies where there's only seven guys we could talk about
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey it's good it's good we get to we get to talk about as much as we want here that's the beauty of the timestamps in the episode description right people can jump around find the games they're looking for you don't have to listen to us but if you did we really do appreciate it um and john before you do go please let everybody know where they could find more of you and your work as well
1: Uh, At Gloucester13 on Twitter slash X, whatever we call it these days. And um, DynastyNerds.com, all IDP rankings are up there. Um, You can find those pretty much anywhere. Um, And then we do do a start sit where we cover one player from every game outside of the top 36. So, um, you know, be on the lookout for that. That that should be out, you know, later this week when we kind of – get more clear path on some of these injuries and inactives. I don't like to kind of take credit for guys that are not playing. <laughs> Doesn't make me look <laughs> too good there. <laughs> um, and uh, also this week, uh, wrapping up Q3 of the season with the quarter three IDC IDP nerds report will be out. So um, take a look into that. There's a lot of data in there of things that I find relevant to me when I'm trying to set lineups and things that I work through throughout the year that help me become a better IDP player. I try to give that to the people and and see you know i've gotten some positive feedback on it and people are are really you know interested in some of the you know the tidbits that kind of come in there um so uh be on the lookout for that and um again just want to praise john for all the idp content he's putting out and really like helping everyone out there i know like there's rankings everywhere i tell them all the time that we can find anywhere but you know having some of that knowledge of team building aspects and and just the extra data points and the and the pass rush win rates and the, and the IDP report every week coming out specific to the last game is like it is a very what have you done for me lately game and being able to have that from week to week is so huge and I know I could speak for you know 100% of the community that like we sincerely appreciate all the work you're putting in sir
0: well i i really appreciate the kind words john i am happy to help um it's it's what i get paid to do so i'm very very happy to do it and and yeah i appreciate that and and definitely for everybody go check out john's work as well one of the great people here in the idp world and one of the great minds as well so check him out over on dynasty nerds at glosser 13 as well um and then yeah you can find my my work on pff.com like john mentioned that the idp fantasy report is out every week for free up on pff.com we got all the snap shares, utilization waiver wire targets all that stuff in there, uh, IDP rankings will be up on the website uh, as well by the time this episode comes out, as well as the uh, wide receiver, cor- uh, wide receiver man zone coverage report, and the offensive line, defensive line matchups to target and avoid as well will be up on Friday. Um, thank you again very much for everybody listening. Good luck getting into those fantasy playoffs. We will be back next week, and until next time, peace out.
2: We'll be